Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome once again to Cult Following, your favorite Phoenix-based podcast on films, film culture, film criticism, and what toys you might find in your local Target that we would want to steal from you. We're a bunch of movie fans living here, like to speak our mind. We're explorers in the furthest, furthest reaches of cinema, angels to some, demons to others. Join us every couple of weeks here on cultfollowing.co. Find us on iTunes and SoundCloud at Cult Following. I'm one of your four hosts for this episode, Victor Moreno, along with Joshua T. Ruth. I'm a gunter. That's that's egg hunter for you mermies. <laughs> Kirby Nelson. And Jess Marino. Living on a prayer. All right. In this edition of Cult Following, we're going to talk about some of the stuff that's out in theaters right now in February. Uh, 2018 is kind of shaping up to be a little bit of a dump month. Uh, <laughs> a dump year thus far. But there's stuff on the horizon we're excited about. It like is Black January. Panther. Yeah. Well, February. It's actually February. Oh, my God. Is it already yep. February? You slept Guys, right through it. Man. We're going to talk about some movies we've seen in the past month. Stuff we're looking forward to seeing. Uh, we're going to talk about some of the stuff on streaming. Is streaming becoming the new platform for releases of genre films that we love. So we're just going to jump into this with both feet, get this started like an It uh, Losers Club reunion. Yeah. All right. So uh, what what have we all been watching? What well, have you... The most important part, Victor, is I think we want to get right, right to the heart of the matter here <laughs> and uh, that you didn't miss the climax of Fifty Shades Freed. I am going to say this right now, guys. <laughs> Emphasis on climax. I went Whoa. to go see uh, Fifty Shades Freed, which you'll see a review of on uh, cultfalling.co later I saw today. Ruby posted some yeah. all caps and exclamation marks I will about say that. this. We got a free poster for this movie coming uh-huh. in, and on the poster it says, "Don't miss the climax." <laughs> so they beat you to the pun. The Thank you. I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna say this much, guys. Um, we all know the Fifty Shades movies are pretty much um, are are terrible. They're awful. They started off as, just not as good as the books. Yeah, the books which started life as Twilight fan fiction. I am not even lying, folks. Fifty Shades of Grey. Yes, you should probably know this by now. Started off as Twilight fan fiction. That explains a lot. I've heard that. Yeah, and um, you know, I saw you know Fifty Shades of Grey is the one that's closest to a real movie, <laughs> and then you get to the Fifty Shades Darker, which is basically uh just the room yeah it's just there's that's amazing it's one of those movies where a helicopter crash is de-emphasized in favor of a very long montage of a glider sequence <laughs> you know so this is the third one then this yes. is the third and final one um in the trilogy yeah this is the year for like third movies of trilogies that i didn't like i've completely lost track of like maze runner was the other one i didn't even i totally forgot about the maze runner scorch trials yeah like, and I then like, i oh, guess right. death cure was the third one yeah. i liked the first one you think i so would have kept I. up on it man. exactly yeah. no apparently because the scorch trials was pretty bad i like the first one okay well, no, the seven, first yeah. one was I, enjoyable i loved the first one it's I a little too the scorch YA, trials but you know? i never watched it That's right and i didn't even think about it 
it till the third one, and I was like, oh, crap, I still have to watch the Scorch Trials. So. It was funny. I was going to buy my Black Panther IMAX tickets, and there's like, you know, like, as happens all the time, um, you know, if you go to, to movies, you always see like the the like the normie couple walking up like i don't know what i want to see and they're like what's this movie the 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 scorch or or whatever the death cure well we'll see that and i'm like they obviously don't know what the maze runner is they no. haven't seen any of the maze runners they're just strolling into the third maze runner movie oh in imax gosh. because whatever it's a wednesday and i want to watch a movie with my honey you know i'm just like wow yeah, that's what I feel like. Anytime I go see a movie at Harkins Camelview or the Valley Art, yeah, you know, there's always like a, a a bunch of people there who are there just because they go to that theater. Like I've seen everything else totally. here. Do so you mean you... the entire people who are in the audience at my screen of mom and dad? <laughs> yes, because <laughs> they were not expecting that. Oh, that's all. that sounds like a terrific experience. It was terrific oh yeah, experience. I loved my screening of mom and dad because literally I think there were like uh, eight people there, like three of which go to cult classics. So we're all sitting there cackling. And there's this older couple there that's like their minds are being destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, thought this was some Yeah, a lot of the uh, Valley ones are that way. Yeah. I definitely remember uh, half people getting up in the middle of eyes of my mother and walking out. Like, like why do you go to the Valley not... Art if you, like, you don't know what you're in for, you know? I just get the feeling, like, you know, uh, it's just like the old camel view. There's people who go there just to watch things and they think they're yeah, being cultured. Sure. You know, they, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Challenge culture... yourself. I go, to, I go to tiki bars all the time and I order drinks based on the name just because I want to sure, be surprised, sure, sure. you know? Yeah, but, but like, don't be surprised if, like, you know, that tiki bar is – or that tiki drink is strong. Just, like, yeah. don't be surprised if your culture involves child murder sometimes, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, exactly. It's going to happen. And we're yes, going to talk please. about mom and dad, too, because we, we didn't talk about <laughs> yeah, that last true. time. Yeah, it's true. I've been eager to hear Kirby's response. I mean, that was, like, coming out of uh, Fantastic Fest. Like, that was, like, this is the most Kirby-ass movie I've seen. Well, what was the other one you said, uh, that It's, it's – it's called Hagazusa, the demons. That's the other uh, one, or the heathens watch. curse. Yeah, good. I mean, good luck finding it. I, I assume it'll show up on digital eventually. But yeah. that movie is so like obscure. But yeah, that one is definitely the the less funny and more like really, really mm. disgusting one of the two. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. But uh, yeah, here's here's what I'll say about uh, Fifty Shades Freed. It is a movie where a man's sister being kidnapped and held ransom for five million dollars is de-emphasized in favor of a montage of a sexy haircutting sequence. <laughs> and you don't see the haircut, you just see the shampoo. <laughs> sexy haircuts. Yeah. I it's it's one of, you know, I, I I this was my same thing with 50 shades darker. There's a there's a massive helicopter crash in that movie that is literally glossed over Completely. in 2 minutes, but they spend way more time t- like talking about uh how controlling Kim Basinger's stare is, you know? <laughs> It's just like that. The, it's like, why is this getting the real estate? I don't get it. I don't understand. There's a there's a minute in that movie where it has a Tyler Hoechlin who uh, who plays Superman on the Supergirl TV show. Okay. Oh my god. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he shows up, and literally, movie. you could hear half the crowd going, "Oh, it's Superman! <laughs> Superman from Supergirl!" And he shows up. And his character never comes back in the movie. Wow! Like you, he gets an entrance, and just the character disappears. And it's like, like true, and can I just and can like I just true fan fiction? Right can I there, just folks? say that that is the most Magoo Superman that has ever existed? The the guy from Supergirl, Magoo, he, like he can't Magoo. see things. No, Magoo, like 
dork. Am I two nineties here? I don't understand uh, the reference. Yeah, the reference okay. is lost on me. He's too, a man. fucking dork, is what it means. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah. What's that reference from, though? Um, it's just something we used to always say. I oh really? Everybody, I thought everybody do? used to say it. Damn. We would see a guy, you know, the guy with his his high water pants, okay, or something, <laughs> and the shirt and, tucked into it, and wearing his backpack on both shoulders before it was <laughs> yeah. cool in the nineties. Right, 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 right. Look at that Magoo motherfucker over oh, there. Oh, wow. okay. So I can you, understand it. You that. generation Xers. And I guess so. I guess I. I apologize. Sorry, I'm an Xennial buddy. I don't understand. Hey, we're learning slang, folks. I'm. I'm gonna make shirts now. Bring back Magoo hashtag Magoo. I didn't mind him so much, but it's one of those things like you introduce Superman and then you never bring him back. It's kind of bizarre. As we would say in my generation, that's fucking clown shoes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Yes, that's same thing. It's the same thing. Well, here's a good example of that. Not to beat too much on this guy, but I was this happened like two weeks ago, so it's still fresh. Stop giggling, Kirby. That wasn't funny. No, I'm laughing thinking of you at some like premiere with this guy with a huge <laughs> sign up like, oh, yeah. behind all the fan I Not thought, my Superman. Yes. I thought uh, I thought you were laughing because I said no. not to beat up this guy too much. No, anyway. and then you have a picture of him and on his chest it says false God. <laughs> yes. That'd be amazing. I picture him, he's just like randomly listening to this podcast. Right. And he's like, oh he's got the tear in his eye. Yeah. You sure. suck, strawberry. <laughs> Make sure you put the hashtag in. Anyway, no, no. Oh, so, for fuck's sake, are you a single this, tear kind yeah. of a person? So this just happened like two weeks ago. That's why it's fresh. I because I'm just catching up on Supergirl on season two, and it was one of the episodes with Superman in it. My 15-year-old son came walking through my room as I was watching it. He's on screen in, in the suit. My son looks over, and he chuckles. He goes, that's Superman. <laughs> and I was like, I know. Just keep walking. I'm not crazy <laughs> about that Superman costume. It has, like, these, like, almost like, seatbelt. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It has, like, these seatbelt clip-ons for his cape. It looks like he's strapped into a car seat. Yeah, it's like a little clip. All right, the cape's on. Safety first. Right. I'm just saying, yeah. man. It literally is you at the, the premiere. Daryl. <laughs> this stuff rolls right off their back. <laughs> now, okay, that's it. I was like, I was like, what did I see that guy in? He's uh, it in was Teen Wolf, I think. Yeah, he's also oh he was in that movie. The movie I was thinking of was Everybody Wants Some. Um, oh, yeah, the baseball. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He plays like that main dude in that. But and then also, um, he was the kid in, in Road to Perdition. Oh, yeah. that's crazy. wow. Yeah. I would not have gotten well, it's that. It's crazy to think that movie's already 17 years old. Right? That's so, a really good movie. Yeah, Rest in peace, Joe Lansdale. Yeah. yeah. Also a great uh, Moment of silence. Com- Moment uh, of silence. graphic novel ad- adaptation. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. No, but uh, yeah, that was my take on it. Did Ruby like it? Does she oh, like we, we both like it. I would take from so does she like ironically or unironically? Oh, no, we like watching it together because we're like just ragging on it like we just okay. go back and forth i awesome. feel bad because bill goody coons was sitting right next to me nice. <laughs> i'm like sorry bill oh and you were like and you, you were like mst3king it uh kind of but not that loud <laughs> you, goody it was really exactly. funny though because you know usually you go to the to the you know the press screenings and it's like you know like a sausage party right yeah yeah, yeah. And literally like every critic had like their girlfriend oh uh, of course dude i so <laughs> want you to have a seinfeld-esque rivalry with goody coons that would be amazing i, I can't he's a really nice guy <laughs> you're old school i'm new yeah. school hello goody coons <laughs> half, half the time when i do the morning screenings he's for for like indie movies he's like the only other guy there so. right wow. Yeah, I, I think when I saw the founder, it was just me and him. Right. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just want to say it's 
if you didn't know, we record in uh, Victor's red room, his little pleasure room here. <laughs> it's very erotic. Many tools and implements in here. My chair is sticky. <laughs> would you like to be violated by a Build-A-Figure? Who wouldn't Here's my collectible shout-out for the week. If anybody has the uh, Legends of Comic Book Build-A-Figure pit, I would really like that. Give oh my it to god! Me at a discount. Oh my god! You know how expensive those parts are. I've been trying to find pieces. To oh that. yeah, I think the left leg is what stops everybody from building it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, uh, oh, what was it? The uh, I gave up on the Thanos because the Thor that the Thanos leg comes with is up to like sixty bucks now, and I'm like, what are, are you nuts? I I think I have I've got half a Thanos build, and I just you I, need to you need to get on Reddit. Because uh-huh. there's toy groups there that will help you out in that really? regard. Well, honestly, what I did was I just gave up and bought the Diamond Selects thing. So I'm like, well, fuck you. I already got it built. And it came with death. So there you go. Oh, <laughs> there you there go. But Anyway. So, yeah, I saw Fifty Shades Free. I think the other uh, big thing a lot of us watched this weekend was uh, the Cloverfield Paradox. A movie that apparently nobody knew was going to come out this weekend. Until, until like the day before. In, no, until the day of because yeah. it was in a Super Bowl ad. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I knew it was coming out, but I didn't know we they were going to surprise We all thought it was going to come out in a theater, but apparently Paramount dumped it. I, I mean, I had heard I'd heard that it was going Netflix, but I didn't know. It was, I, I, it was definitely a surprise release for me. Yeah. You know, I, which was, was awesome. It gave me something to look forward to in Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. You know? For those of you that have seen it, do you have to have seen 10 Cloverfield Lane to watch no. it? No. In fact, it has almost very little okay. to nothing. Because I honestly, I honestly went to watch it like Saturday night and I was like, wait a minute. I haven't, uh, or not whenever, like a couple nights ago, and I was like, I haven't seen Ten Cloverfield. I mean, it yet. does, it does some things so, to kind of yeah, like, kind of like, tie the movies well, together. At the beginning, there, it's because this, I need this need explaining to me, so I'm not really spoiling it. Mm-hmm. There's an alternate reality game built around the last couple Cloverfield movies. Oh yeah, and you know how uh, John Goodman's character was kind of like a, you know, a tin hat dude. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, in the alternate reality game, his brother worked for the government. Right. And his, his brother's name was Howard Stambler. Okay. And um, in this movie, you see him on the TV, and he's played by Donald Logue. Right. Yeah. So that's the connection. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Because I, 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 there's definitely connections to the first film, but yeah. I didn't see as many for to Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yeah, so that's. I cool. guess the other one too is um in uh Cloverfield when uh she the Mary Stewart or Mary um God what's her name the uh, Ramona Flowers well, uh, yeah Elizabeth Winstead yeah Mary, Mary Elizabeth Winstead when she's in the in the cabin at the beginning and there's the other guy who's yeah. not John Goodman yeah that's He's, John Hamm. He, or no, oh, oh, you're talking about okay. Now her boyfriend's John Ham. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so he's like explaining like what happened, and uh-huh. he's like, oh, there was like this bright red flash, and that flash kind of happens in in this movie. Yeah, Be- they explain like so. You're basically you're led to believe that the stuff that happens in this movie is why there's monsters. Totally. And did you hear about the 18 minute thing? No. So like, and this apparent this is really really cool actually. So eighteen minutes into the Cloverfield paradox is when they fire up the machine. Yeah. Um, and at that exact time stamp in the original Cloverfield is when the giant ex- like, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, boom happens. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty awesome. That, that that's a pretty cool, cool yeah. connection. Like the other that. the other thing is that. Because this movie opens up the idea of alternate dimensions, mm-hmm. they, you can argue every Cloverfield 
movie happens because of what happens in this movie, but they're all in an alternate exactly. dimension. Exactly. Because wow. yeah, the big the big gist of this movie is kind of like Sunshine, or it, it is or they're trying to build this machine in the future because Earth is running out of energy, and it's basically like a super collider in space that's going to generate unlimited energy. And yeah. they fire it, and they end up in an alternate dimension. And it's, yeah, it, it's weird. Yeah. Like, all I can say is kind of like a cross between, like, life and another Earth. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I can see that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, leaning a little bit more towards life in terms yeah. of some of the, like, the, the cliches. But I, I, th- I look, I, I think the music was awesome, had really good special effects. I think the direction was actually fine. Yeah. I think that its script fails it in a lot of cases. Yeah. I think there's, like, there's creepy special effects stuff. Like, there's this one guy who like something happens to him and his eyes start moving in different yeah, directions. Yeah, I love that sequence. It was yeah. it's really freaky. That was really good. Oh. And there is another guy whose arm gets chopped off. Yeah. But it, I hate that part, dude. The, it, that makes no dumb. sense. It's dumb, but it looks cool cuz like his arm gets chopped right. off and it gets ends up in the other dimension. And then the arm of his counterpart ends up here in this so the arm moves independently and when he lifts his arm like you see like it looks like right. a stake you see all the layers uh-huh. and stuff and like it doesn't hurt because yeah like it's, it's not yeah. bleeding yeah. or anything it just looks like you know like a beat yeah, yeah i yeah. didn't mind that part yeah, i, I thought minded that was the other cool. part with the arm and the writing and everything. oh yeah that like, didn't that, really that, make sense it, it didn't make any sense at all like um you know and it just it has a lot of cliches like i'm gonna sacrifice myself you oh, stay back no. and, yeah. and it's like with, uh, a you know, random character shows up and like it Anytime a random character shows up in a space mm-hmm. movie, you know they're not a good character. Right. I was exactly. like, dude, like, yeah. can you not see through her? Like, yeah. what the heck? Um, oh, but- oh, and then like the, my new favorite uh, stereotype that's happened in the last several years, a Chinese character just because the movie – so the movie will play in China. <laughs> yeah. And it's doing the I exact same thing that. I hated in Ghost in the Shell with B. Kitano, where like he only speaks Japanese. Zhang Zi is in this, right. and she only speaks Chinese. And it just made me wonder, like, does every because they, they, it's not just that, like they they also had multiple languages throughout it. Yeah, but it made me really wonder, like, is everybody just fluent in every language here? <laughs> like, I mean, because like, how do they understand each other? It pisses me off because like Sunshine is such a better movie, and it's weird because Alex Garland wrote Sunshine. I love that yeah, movie, of course. Yeah, and, and it's like. They're all, same kind of thing, International Space Station, but like, hello, all these people are on the International Space Station because they all speak the same language right. on top of that scenario. Uh, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't think the movie was terrible. Like, I mean, it's been getting and it, it really drives me crazy. Um, and I'm sure you guys noticed this as well is just this this inability to be able to critically discuss anything. It's either terrible yeah. or awesome. And nobody can just accept yeah, okay, these things I'm critical of, and yeah. these things I liked, and here's my nuanced opinion about something. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, it, it, nuanced opinion is extinct on the internet. At Without, least. Yeah, and it, it's hard. And it seems to be a, a culture thing. I don't know if it's a, a younger generation thing. Or it is. On it or is, what, for sure. It's, uh, I like the color purple. Not the movie, like the right. actual color yeah. purple. Right. Oh, that was kind of ironic, though. Yeah. I know. Okay. Critical dissection. Let, of let me go back. I like the In color. Comparison to roots. <laughs> I like the color teal. Yeah. Oh well, fuck you then. Right. That seems to be yeah. the. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, I, I actually had this come up perfectly yesterday. Um, I posted on Cult Classics <laughs> that um, 
Josh Brolin looks really good on the uh, in, uh, the, cable. New, in the new ca- mm-hmm. in the new Deadpool two trailer. And I said, because yeah, he hasn't looked that great as Thanos. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, how? Oh, so you're gonna judge him on uh, just a couple of minutes? <laughs> oh my God. I said I didn't like his look or his performance. I hated him, and I'll say that based on what how he plays Thanos in those few scenes we've seen and his performance in Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm not overly excited for Josh Brolin as Thanos. Yeah. But if it's anything, completely okay to judge yeah. um, Alden Ehrenreich on um, his like you know two or two or and a half th- three lines in the solo trailer. Yeah. You know, oh, he's a terrible Han Solo. He looks nothing <laughs> like him. You Which know? is bullshit because can, can he just, does kind of look like. Can we just call it all that people are a bunch of crybabies yeah. too yes. about just every, and I do really mean this. I mean, I I hundred percent agree with Josh that that it's like people have such a black and white view of everything and you either have to be like a total contrarian or you have to be like you know the most ardent defender of it like right. it, like it is right. is not privy to criticism like like i the pe- way people have become like and and what i'm saying is things i'm a fan of like are things that i enjoy but it's like the way people treat it like biblically is starting yeah, to like yeah. freak me out. Like, <laughs> like, like, like a thing I enjoy. I truly do enjoy Harry Potter. I think they were great movies and totally. I enjoy them and the books too. But it's one of those things like, even though I enjoy it, you know, it's cool. We can say, Hey, this is my favorite movie or my favorite book or whatever. But it's like, how dare you speak I'm ill? Just that is my favorite book, <laughs> right? And or my favorite movie, and with anything Star Wars. I mean, all the big pop culture properties. But I think of those that were released in the last, like, let's just say, ten, fifteen, twenty years. And I'm not trying to target a demographic. What I'm saying is, you can say it's exacerbated by the internet because of, um, you know, the the multitude of forums for it. But just the level of anger is just oh, astronomical. Yeah. Well, like, the other thing is the internet gave this what the wide fuck is range, the internet? <laughs> it gave this wide range of I can say whatever I want and be as big an asshole as I feel like now without any repercussions. Well, so, yeah, I mean that's definitely the anonymity of the you know that kind of fuels the toxicity of the internet is one thing, but also something that I feel and I'm sure you know you guys see this a lot um, is everybody thinks that they're precious little opinion actually fucking matters when it actually doesn't and that's why i've taken the route of i really don't give my opinion on anything right you know what i mean i don't know how much that's the best idea because i mean it's even with podcasts i mean there's people who listen to this just because they like the banter sure or the fact that i i've gotten a lot of like people like that we talk about things much more critically than other yeah yeah absolutely there's nothing wrong with being critical or offering um an honest opinion about or being you know or that we don't have to agree on everything no but that's an, I mean, that's I the think heart that would of the be matter boring if we liked all this oh, yeah, yeah. Totally. But that's the totally. heart of the matter with everything that i'm talking about is the one thing that i i'm most disgusted by and this doesn't matter what it is what pop culture politics whatever i've never seen people have become so increasingly venomous like that the person's opinion is the person they are yeah and it's like yes. i don't have to agree with you and i know you're a good person it, it, that's not going to change. You know what I mean? Like, that bothers me with people. Which kind of brings up, I was going to say, like, you said you were really into Harry Potter, and, and I was a little shocked. I don't I don't know that I can I can be around somebody that's that into Harry Potter. It deeply offends me. You know, it's just like, and, and, and I don't know, to me, it, it it's kind of part and parcel to the wave of anti-intellectualism that exists yes. now. But we basically, we have this culture out there on the internet that says, 
oh, well, Rotten Tomatoes ratings are absolute bullshit, and who fucking cares what critics yeah. have to say? And then there's the other know? side of it, though, that says it's absolute gospel, and I won't go see it if right, it's not a bad Right, right. Well, well, which is, tomatoes. that's an insane way to I be as say, well. This is my whole take on it. I don't, I don't want to cut you off, Josh. Yeah, no, go ahead. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm always interested in what critics whose opinions are similar to mine are yeah. going to say about it. But I would never not see a movie based on a review. Totally. Exactly. That's what kills me that yes. there's actual pe- – like I, I know people who didn't see Justice League because it had a bad yeah. Rotten Tomato score. And all I'll say is like, really? You're that much of a sheep in either direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you obviously have to always make your own opinion. But it's like the idea that, well, I'm somebody that watches some movies and my favorite movie is, you know, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's fine. I'm not saying you can't have that opinion. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that your opinion is just as valid as somebody who watches movies for a living and i'm not even talking about what we're doing yeah which is enthusiast press ultimately right yeah. you know i mean um i'm talking about fucking critics like people yeah. that actually do what they're supposed to, you know they, they they write for a living they get paid to do this and they see way more movies than we see they see all the little foreign movies and yeah. all those things so you're gonna tell me that that person's opinion is not worth as much or you know or it, 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 it's not even worth well, more than here, you. Here's what I'll even say about this. The way we, the two of us, just discussed Cloverfield Paradox. I'm sure. like, okay, it's like life meets another Earth. Right. Right? Those are two different movies. I like, okay, they build a foundation of my opinion. So like, okay, it, another Earth is a movie that has to do with uh, alternate dimension paradox. So I could talk about how that's like, coherence how Mm -hmm. that's like any number of sci-fi movies like the twilight zone how life is like alien which is like uh event horizon which is like a haunted house right right i've met people who talk about cloverfield paradox and like oh it just sucks it sucks like quantify your opinion people i this is my thing if you're gonna talk about film in any sort of critical way you need to have a foundation in that genre that you are discussing, right? Or don't be expected to be taken that seriously. Yeah, it's fine to say, because I, yes. I, I, like I said, I've been to like the geek enthusiast sites where like, oh man, this movie was so much fun. It was a roller coaster. I would recommend this to anyone, right? <laughs> and ultimately, that gets hits. Sure. They're, they're fine and happy with it. Where I'm taking it to another level, or we take it to another level, we say, well, this reminds me of this movie. It's like when you watch Prometheus and Idris Elba's character is clearly a throwback to Harry Dean Stanton, you know, oh, in sure. Alien you know but some people will watch that movie and be like it's not like aliens where are the xenomorphs yeah exactly (laughs) yeah i mean there's and there's something about the tenor of like you know like we were talking about earlier with the whole you know just it has to be extremes that i find myself getting caught up in it like i mean the last jedi is a really good example of that um you know people got so toxic about the last jedi yeah and how disney killed star wars and star wars is dead to me and this movie is the worst movie i've ever seen in my life that it's like i got so caught up with defending that movie that i kind of forgot that there's a lot of that movie i don't really like yeah there's no, you know? to me, I, it's I'm so not... funny you say it because i actually watched a youtube video actually called disney killed star wars no, of course absolutely <laughs> yeah. Yeah. well yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of this discussion on like uh last jedi it, it's de- deviating from the formula you're not supposed to kill canon it's like so you're telling me all the complaints I heard about Force Awakens that was essentially a remake of A New Hope, and it's just <laughs> right, like, right. oh, if only they hadn't killed Han Solo, right? 
Well, hell, look at The Last Jedi. It actually is establishing these new characters at the expense of, like, archetypes. Yeah. And you know what? People need to have new archetypes in order for Star Wars fandom to carry on to another generation. Yeah. Do you think somebody who's, like, 12 actively gives a shit about, like, Luke Skywalker now as much as, like, versus, like, uh, Alec Guinness's Obi-Wan? I remember when I was a kid, I was like, oh, this old guy, you know? I, and that's yeah. like that's actively my, me as a yeah. child be like obi-wan is not as cool when you're a kid he's clearly like you know like the older like I don't know, for me he was always but i think i was always an old yeah, man yeah but you get heart, what i'm saying like like, um, I, like a little kid who's like six or totally. seven or you know it's like oh okay it's this older character sure. it's not you're not that tied to him. but just because luke skywalker something happens to him in this movie we don't even know yet we don't even know yet people yeah. what happens to yeah. him yeah um, I mean, one thing, you know, I just like in terms of that whole thing, um, you know, I just look, I I mean, when it comes down to that kind of thing, when people try and tell me that Disney killed Star Wars and it's like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. And it's like, dude, literally, like, I'm sorry. But I lived through Phantom Menace. Yeah. Man. I lived through the <laughs> we hype. We lived it. You know, I went to f- see fucking Meet Joe Black in the theater just to see the trailer. Yeah. And I sat through the whole three hour long movie of Meet Joe Black because they played it again at the end. Yeah. When and... I walked uphill both ways <laughs> in the snow. Exactly. Right? Dude, that's way. I mean, I, I remember... saw Meet Joe Black. That's so much worse. I remember, yeah, like when uh, Matrix, I think it was Reloaded, came out. They uh-huh. had the trailer for. Um... One of the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, people, it probably would have been Attack of the Clones. Yeah, yeah people yeah. went to that just to see the trailer yeah. and then left. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you know, but and and I went, you know, I waited in line for fourteen hours to see that movie at midnight. And and I mean, I am sorry, but as many complaints as I have about Last Jedi, and I do have a lot of complaints about Last Jedi, especially as I get further away yeah. from that film. Um, it, but but damn, I'll take that over Phantom Menace any day of the week. So yeah. shut up about Disney. Well, Coast. This is what I'm saying. You can't kill those movies just because something just because Han Solo died in uh, Force Awakens. Guess what? The next Star Wars movie is. It's a Han Solo movie. Right. These characters don't die. Well, here's the pathways is that Disney is intelligent. Like if if you want to say anything, they wouldn't be one of the most successful companies, whatever you want to say about ethics or origins or whatever. But the thing is, is that. They take properties and they own everything now. Marvel, Fox, uh, Jim Vincent. Yeah. They are going to take established properties. They know what they have. They have nostalgia and the need to create new characters, as you mentioned, and properties and ideas from those um, you know, IPs that is going to resonate with different individuals. And it's not your cup of tea. That's fine. There's always going to be something there. And the original things, it, it's the it's like a constant refrain you have to have. It's like my biggest argument, besides the whole thing I was trying to say with people's religious fervor about pop culture and just the growing well, pop, general pop I, cultures are a new religion yeah, man but it you is know and, it. and i just want to say but in general the growing amount of puran uh like puritanical nature of society is absolutely the most disgusting and reprehensible thing yeah. <laughs> that i i hate the most coming from all sides and everything and every it infects everything it's like it is it's it goes back to the thing it's an all or nothing well like, it's I, here's you the you know the way piggyback you know off I mean? of what you're saying yeah. though it's it's ideologically puritanical yeah that's what because I mean. because we're puritanical in certain ways but then we're completely willing to excuse anything any transgression because it fits our yeah. views you know, it's, yes. it's well, that we're a narrative driven yeah culture well, more and more it, it's very interesting to me because i remember 
before like movie pop culture took over everything there was the whole idea of, like the comic book store right where like you would like just jump on and like oh i really like this character or, like what can i find out more about him your comic book guy would tell you oh you need to check out like if you like batman you need to check out like death yeah. in the family you need to check out this storyline right and then as time goes on when like these characters had so many reincarnations it gets to like Oh well, I really like New Fifty Two. Oh, New Fifty Two Batman is garbage. You need to get into this, this, and this. Yeah. And then there's the people who try to reconcile. Like everything is a long, unbroken continuity, and they'll try to tell you, well, here's where this diverges, and da 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 da. It's like this, like you know, this is pure Batman. This is what you're gonna get. And those people are like, oh god, those people are so fucking annoying. But those are now those people who are like, oh, Star Wars is just is blah blah blah. And Disney right. killed it, you know. It's I like, like when you talk about Aryan Batman. He's so pure. <laughs> but I think you you know you really hit on something there, which is just the one upsmanship. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like that's true. You know, because where we used to maybe and I don't know, maybe it was like that back in the day too. I don't know, but like you know, the, the, in that narrative, it's um, hey, you like this thing? How about this thing? Yeah. Now it's oh. Oh, that thing sucks. No, this no. thing is Dude, better. that's in everything. I remember when I first got into music, that's like, oh, I really like Green Day. I like punk. Uh -huh. Fuck you. They're not right, punk. Right. No. You know? What I was going to say punk. is the yeah. true thing about music. And yes, I don't like Green any, Day. Any <laughs> genre of music is you talk about band. Yeah, I like the demo. Yeah, <laughs> I like the early stuff, and that's because right. it, yes. it's just the, it's, it's like just that line from uh, from Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Their yeah. first album's better than their first, first album. album. <laughs> that's the nail. I have on the two. Head. I have two really good examples where I was on the negative end of both of these things. Uh huh. Number one about the puritanical looking at. Well, this is this is my genre or this is my series. Don't don't mess with it because the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. Oh, to yeah. this day, I have not seen it. I refuse You're to watch it. Missing. I know really I'm not missing dude, it. Dude, and that remake, I would get, try to find it. Here's it's really thing. hard to yeah. find. Well, listen to this. In the theaters, whenever we went to a movie with that preview, I would heckle the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. And Karen story, would be like, yeah. shut up. And I'm like, fuck this movie. So here's the thing. Now, if let's say. Oh, he has the second one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. So that was my that's my first being yeah, yeah, on yeah. that end of it. The other is Rob Zombie's 31. Uh -huh. It got so many negative reviews, so many yeah, people, really every like single it. person that I know that I agree with with movies pretty much, like Victor, told me, I have movies total crap. I have movies total, even, like, I loved Lords of Salem. I like Lords I of love Salem that movie. I don't like their Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah. I'm saying. People that I, because I only know, like, three other people that like Lords of Salem. Yeah. And I all three it. of them were like, 31 suck. So I went almost a year without, I did go over a year without watching it. I'm like, I'll catch it at some point. I finally bought it on Blu-ray at Walmart on Black Friday because it was like right. $3. I'm like, $3 for the Blu-ray. I can't really go wrong with that. I took it home. We watched it. And Karen and I both loved it. We were like, dude, this movie was awesome. Well, your expectations were also yeah, yeah. so really low. Too. I think it could have been anything. You know, yeah, I, I think like, that's part of it, too. My yeah. expectations going to 31 were really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So but I was also, on that like, side of it, too, of the, oh, I took popular opinion. I let it affect whether or not I was yeah. going to watch on it. On the Nightmare on Elm Street thing, though, that you mentioned, like I, I was just like, if let's say that movie came out, you were dead set against it. You heckled it every time you saw a trailer for it. And then that movie came out and, you know, Victor and we, you know, like back and say we knew each other at the time. We're like, that's actually really good. You'd probably see it. 
right? I may have given. I mean, if we were, if we all said like, "Hey, it's really good," you know what I mean, right? You know, I mean, you probably wouldn't be like, "No, fuck that movie. I don't care. No, I know it's terrible." But it's just like, um, I have, I have not seen any of the Lost Boys sequels, and I will not because to me, to me, I know. Well, to me, it was just like those two things. It was almost blasphemous. I will say that the the last one is is not terrible. It's not bad at all. Yeah, but that's. I mean, I just come from. But it's more of a Frog Brothers spinoff than a Lost Boys sequel. in general, I just come from, especially as I get older, I I just come from a school of nothing sacred. Even yeah. my own beliefs or my own values or what True. I enjoy, I'm not immune or, you know, I mean, no one should be. It's like, but in the end, you have every, you know, your own autonomy. So it's like, I'm not afraid. If someone goes, ah, oh, it sucked. It's like, well, I enjoyed it. And if yeah. you didn't, it's okay. But people who are so afraid of what other people think, I mean, that's another thing, of course, obviously, the internet and stuff and our interconnectivity with each other. For the, the downside of it is people start feeling like, well, you know, um, people just become so obsessed with being like liked and, and that their opinions have to be valued or, or noticed or whatever because they're like, oh, I'm lost in a, a sea. It's like there's six billion fucking people on Earth. Good luck, chief. But don't ever <laughs> stop saying what you think and feel because totally. it's you should be. And I would never want that taken from anybody. I'd never tell anybody stop. No matter whether I agree with them or not or whatever the thing is, just say it because you have every right to. No, I'm but, with you, man. But don't get into the there, point where you start becoming so it's, it's, convinced of yours that you're going to try to infringe on someone else. A really you know. good example of this is I'm, you know, I'm on a in this Facebook group which is about uh, collecting, um, you know, for. 4K UHDs, right? And, you know, it's actually just a really good... I, I just want to know about your, your group of uh, HD DVD collectors is the one I really actually, want. I was so you know, tempted to go, it's why, really Josh, do you funny. have a 4K It's TV? really funny. As, uh, yeah, by the way, 4K, 4K is the new Valerian. Um, yes. But so, uh, but no, that it's really... Which really I also like, have oh, on, right, on that's our um, new meme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Our, that's our new meme. But, but no, I mean, in this group, which actually it's funny because HD DVD gets a lot of play because uh-huh. it basically in this group, it just turns into people talking about movies a lot, yeah. right? Um, but there's this guy. My blood bleeds maroon. <laughs> maroon. <laughs> so it's this guy who's like very active, you know, and he's always commenting on everything. And this guy, his opinions on film, it's just like, it's amazing. Like that, that Flatliners remake, fucking amazing. One of the best movies I've seen in years. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. Oh my god, this movie was terrible and blah blah blah. But he actually like articulates the reasons. Sure, yeah. He's you. not just saying, I hate this thing. He actually like articulates all these things and it's like, you know, and it's, at one point because at first I was like rolling my eyes at him and then at one point I was like, you know what? You do you, man. Right. Like, honestly, I gotta say I respect your uh, ability to, not. you're not just trolling, you just genuinely <laughs> have <laughs> tastes that are like literally the yeah. opposite of mine and there that's you okay you know it's funny it's one of the few times i'll ever bring up the like a family guy reference one of the best ones is the one where they do the panic room episode and at the very end they talk about peter's like i like they're admitting their confessions like i didn't care for the godfather <laughs> and then it goes into this like three minute attack oh, of, so of all them against peter and then he goes I like the money pit. <laughs> uh, that's like his final response. And then Chris is like, I like that too. And it's just like, it's so like the I didn't perfect, care for like, the well, I did not there, care for the I, I do think there's this whole thing too of like people being in their groups and like being afraid of being the only person with this like one specific opinion. Like yeah. somehow they're wrong because like everyone else in their group like disagrees yeah. with them. I don't think there's anything inherently <laughs> wrong with being like the dissident voice on any no, one topic. No, there's really not. You know? 
and, like I can enjoy movies that like uh, that like other people hate on like a comedic level on an ironic level and i might just like them you know there there yeah. might be some like visual thing or such it, as the fact how everybody is wrong and star trek the motion picture is amazing yeah i, I was it's I, so funny I, you I think said a lot that. of people like star trek the <laughs> i was just picture. thinking like a few podcasts back where i said star trek the motion picture and blade runner were boring and josh looked at me like he was gonna cry it's okay yeah. well, i, I, I would have been tier. all right with star trek the motion picture being the only star trek movie yeah totally yeah it's, it's funny to me one of the things i always think about is um from a cinematic perspective is the criterion collection yeah in that armageddon the rock are in the criterion <laughs> well, collection the so i just the i rock, always bring I that up to people who are like I, I i watch the bicycle thief every day or something <laughs> it's like yeah i watch the rock that's a really great criterion. Hey, it's weird because like the criterion collection is clearly like the precursor to stuff like arrow or like screen yeah, factory yeah. where it's like you know our label stands for something you know like we do what we do but somehow people kind of think that they own that. Like, like, like I said, when Breakfast Club was added to the Criterion Collection, I was like, "The Breakfast Club? What? Yeah, ridiculous. well, that's what I mean by like a, a war is a people I mean, going. But you look at the Criterion Collections criteria, their mission statement, and it's like, it's like a what do you call it? The one, the uh, the National um, Film Registry or the registry, uh, the you know, it's like people have. Yeah, I mean, you do have to have like a, um, you know, a standard that's a that covers everything. It's like you can't just. I mean, it's like sometimes it's hindsight is twenty twenty, and the thing is going to be better down the line or in retrospect. But you need to like it isn't. People have a very uh, tunnel vision, yeah, and they're like, this is what makes a great film. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's you can't have that. It's got to be more than one opinion in it. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Like, it's just impossible. Yeah. So I mean that I mean I guess this, what I was saying was an example of it is is that um you got to have a um like that's that is it it's the rock and um the uh, Darjeeling Cis- limited Cis- yeah. Cis- or like Cis- every King. Wes Anderson which yeah. is like that's to me that's a little that's actually kind of you know and look I, I love Wes Anderson but to me the fact that Criterion Collection just gives him a free pass and it's like well it's Wes Anderson so obviously it's Criterion it's yeah. like come on you well, know yeah, like there's that's... a few filmmakers that have that too yeah I, mean, I don't no, but I no mean, one as much as Wes Anderson I don't Anderson. know if I can I think of anyone there. else that like every one of their films is Criterion uh, yeah it's kind of hard to uh, yeah. yeah not like, everyone but a few that yeah. and there are more well, people yeah. with uh, all the Michael Bay pre-transformers oh god <laughs> except well, for yeah, bad, not, boys not bad boys and bad boys right. too yeah, exactly. you know it's funny it's like a week ago I reconnected with a friend of mine that I haven't talked to in like eight years uh-huh well a long time ago, I lent him my Criterion Collection version uh, of uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Right. We reconnected. Like we, I was like, oh, hey, how you been, man? Oh, yeah, good. The first words out of my mouth after that were like, do you still have my Fear and Loathing ah. in Las Vegas? He's like, you know what? I absolutely do. So I'm going to be getting that back. Yeah, right. Talk to you in five more years. Exactly. Uh-huh. He's like, oh, yeah. I, I got to go. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I was just talking loud and 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 uh, incessantly to cover up Jazz for taking a call. So if it sounded real awkward, that was the reason. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm sure Not it that was an emergency. That I don't yammer on. So I, I was really scared because it was my wife, and I thought we had locked her out. <laughs> but uh, apparently, she didn't know we were podcasting day, and she's at my job waiting to pick me up. Oh, uh, so it's a different kind of a calamity and and uh, apocalypse. So it's been nice being part of this with yeah. you guys and, hey, man. and the listeners out there. Uh, well, t- today is. <laughs> A Jasper's farewell <laughs> um, to life. To life. <laughs> Goodbye. So, anyway. 
Uh, I guess she wasn't yeah. in on that group text day. No, I guess not. All right. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. The, another movie I saw that I actually really enjoyed lately, I think me and Kirby were talking about it. I didn't think I was going to like this movie, and it was really good, was um, Dan of Thieves. Yeah, I saw mm. it yesterday. I don't know what that I was, movie is. It's uh, a heist movie starring okay. uh, Gerard Butler, Butler oh, O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson, Jackson Jr., Curtis 56. I really Jackson. like him. He's in yeah. one of the films that I caught up with, Ingrid Goes West. Um, you know, and mm-hmm. I actually really liked him in that movie. Yeah, wasn't one of Adam's top picks. Yeah, yeah, yeah was to Adam's top out. pick for, for yeah. That's yeah. that was part of my homework. So yeah. like, I actually caught up with three, I believe three, if not more, of the movies that were discussed during our best of 2017 list. Sweet. Um, you know, because again, that it, it had highlighted some major holes in my viewing. Yeah, it's always hard to get around to watching everything, but yeah, uh, I I really liked Den of Thieves. It's very much like uh cross between heat and the usual suspects well, by way of training day that i mean you know that's all very high praise yeah i mean it's not like you know as good as any of as films. good as any of them <laughs> but, it, but is, it, uh, it is much better than you would think it okay. would be that, right. given the people involved the, uh, and awesome. yeah i i highly recommend it it's very enjoyable a very good step up from gerard butler who I saw uh, London has fallen, and God, that mm. movie's fucking terrible. I mean, I'm, I'm just... more of a gamer man myself. <laughs> also <laughs> you terrible. Know. Yeah, I mean, uh, de- but you know, but Brian Taylor, mom and dad. Oh yo. yeah, I did. Yeah, we saw mom <laughs> and dad. Like I saw it. You know, clearly Josh had seen it at Fantastic Fest. Yeah, and Kirby also caught mm-hmm. it at the Valley Art as well as mm-hmm. I did, and. I enjoyed that movie so much. That's probably <laughs> one of my early favorites for this year. Yeah, it's Agreed. really good. I mean, even though, but that's the thing, like, it's really, I mean, is it a 2018 or I guess it is a 2018 film. Like, um, cause I mean, ultimately it didn't actually get a theatrical yeah. release last year. It was just on the festival. Yeah. Circuit. Festival circuit release doesn't yeah, count. I think it's... that might get a second chance for me then. Cause it, yeah. it honestly was in my top 10 of the year, but then when I kind of rejiggered my whole list, like yeah. that one actually got bumped off like to like number 11 or 12. Yeah. So maybe I'll, it, you know, we'll see how the one year of goes. mine last year was, or this year was going to be a monster calls. Yeah. Which is one of Victor's. I think it was one of his picks last year. Yeah. It was yeah. Cause, cause it was technically released, but right. it's limited and it's wild and then it's you know it's really difficult yeah. to gauge on what films are but it's, it's funny that's actually what i was gonna one of the things here and as we've been kind of coming and going segueing into the thing was that's one of the interesting parts to me about the whole like um netflix taking over releasing films and yeah. stream becoming big is all the films that i was like i saw that trailer like four years ago yeah was um what was the one the uh oh god i'm trying to remember here the title of it um uh before I wake, that one was. I swear, I saw right? the trailer like four or five years. It, came, and then like, it came It's out, a Netflix original. I'm like, no, it's not. It came out in South Africa, like in 2015, <laughs> and somebody had uploaded it on the internet, and that's how I saw it. Wow. Yeah. You know, it was supposed to come out la- uh, the same time as the Disappointments Room came out. Okay. You know, because uh, it was one of those movies like the, the originally it was putting out went out of business, then somebody else picked it up, then it eventually ended up on Netflix. What's well, like a trick or treat studios who make some really uh, low price, high quality masks? They do. Uh, they did one for the Amityville movie. They did the pig mask. I oh, got yeah? it like super cheap because it was like ten bucks originally. Originally seventy dollars. Wow, wow. Because the uh, the movie never came out. It just came out. Hmm. I think this year is just coming out. 
And that was like two years ago. Yeah. Well, I remember, you know how like that thing happened where everybody ended up with a YouTube album they didn't want on their iTunes? Yeah. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So literally one day I logged into my uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, man. Logged into my Amazon Prime and I have a fucking Amityville movie I had never heard of. Wow. That's one of my... Like, what? An Amityville movie starring Bella Thorne? I actually had the same thing. Has this happened to you with Voodoo? Yeah, or like, uh, what do you mean? Like, 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 uh, you know, like with the movie at Voodoo, like, have you ever had movies pop up that's like, I didn't get this way? Like, Jason Bourne, for example. Like, oh, I just I, have Jason Bourne yes, in my yeah. movies. I got Jason Bourne. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. have Jason Bourne too because Jason I think I bought. Jason Bourne for everyone. <laughs> no, no, no. You I, get bought, a Jason I bought a movie and then I, no, no. And then I, like, joined two, yeah. like, two of these, like, account things, like, movies right. anywhere or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as soon as you connect your account, they give you free movies. Oh, for, yeah, because I got yeah. Ghostbusters. The Ghostbusters. Right. Right, that's that another way. one. Yeah. I got the. Yeah. I was like, I never bought this movie. Another yes. one was uh, Big Hero Six. Yes, like oh, I was yeah. like, yeah. I all the same this. ones. What happened yeah. was you linked your account some at some yeah, point. Yeah, I did. And totally. they just gave. And did you get the Lego movie? Uh, I actually already owned that oh, one because so. I got the Lego I, yeah. movie for a while. I was on Reddit, uh, a Reddit group uh, that's all about this kind of mm-hmm. stuff, and it's like, go do this, this, and you'll get free movies. That's how I got like all the Mission Impossible movies nice. for oh, free. Nice, <laughs> nice. That's awesome. I love all those Mission Impossible movies. So do I. even I. love two. I yes. mean, two, in my opinion, well, is like the, the worst weakest, one. But, like, every, but I love all of them, yeah. damn it. I think those are great Mission, movies. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, three, I, the one with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the yeah, yeah. J.J. Abrams. Oh, that yeah. that yeah. one actually is what made J.J. Abrams kind of like the name. Totally. Like revived that franchise For after sure. like Tom Cruise went full on vanity project in Mission Impossible 2. Right. Yeah. And made John Woo his personal stand in for <laughs> <laughs> It's such uh, a bad movie. Yeah. I feel bad because uh, the guy who plays the villain in Mission Impossible 2, mm-hmm. he was originally cast to be Logan in yep. the first X Men movie. Yep. But shooting ran so long oh, from Tom Doug Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Poor Doug Ray Scott. Yeah. Because the shooting on it went so long and he was already contracted, he had to step off of being Wolverine. And Hugh Jackman was the second pick. Yeah. Wow. And I bet he never thinks about that. Oh, I I'm bet. sure he thinks about that every day. Wow. <laughs> he's all like, he makes he's all love like to in his wife. You could have been someone else. Uh, I yeah. could have been someone else. It's like, it's like his and then laces that talking out thing. head song comes up. Letting the days right. come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you may ask yourself, why wasn't I fucking Wolverine? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. Um, oh, so I'll, I'll just go through some of the things I caught up with here, uh, real quick. Um, oh, but I, it's the, uh, Joshua technology, uh, update, um, as everybody wants to hear everybody's favorite segment. Um, so I just got to say here, guys, I just hooked up my entire house with Wi-Fi light bulbs. Oh, wow. what? Oh my God, guys. It's so freaking awesome. And I got, uh, an Amazon Echo. Um, so I feel like we should be playing. Oh, Mr. so you yeah. tell Siri to dim your lights. Well, it's Alexa. No, so yeah, oh, yeah so Alexa. so so Whatever. for example, yeah. I can walk in and be like, Alexa, turn on the lights, and all the lights in my house turn on. Or I can be like, Alexa, I'm going to bed, and all of them turn off. Or I can say like, turn on lights in a bedroom. Um, yeah, it's, Alexa, yeah. fire up the sex robot. Please. <laughs> yeah. You realize yeah, yeah. how it's one of those things. Like I, I was telling like uh, my brother or somebody like not too long ago. It's like, yeah, I was just, you know, I just went to go get my mail and I just, there were three self-driving cars and I just bumped, almost bumped into a guy on a hoverboard. Right. It's like, we're the, we're in the future. We're in the future, guys. We are. Yeah, totally. But, but, I, and I actually, 
you can get um, motion sensors too, which is really kind of what I want. Is it's like is like lights will come on like as I'm going into certain rooms. Wow. But he then I realize the full minority. Um, yeah, experience. I want that. But then I realize I have a cat. You yeah. know, so oh, like yeah. it's completely pointless. Um, but anyway, that's super super fun. Like I definitely am enjoying that um that whole thing and it's it's not even just with lights like you know you can play music or podcasts or whatever that's cool yeah it's uh it's pretty cool but um but uh in terms so i did catch up on some things that you guys had talked about i briefly mentioned ingrid goes west i saw that that was on adam's list um and then um Okay, chords. Uh, so yeah, we're having chord issues. Yeah, you guys chord issues. We'll, yeah, we'll tweak that next time. But. And then we're um, working on the Wi-Fi setup. Uh, <laughs> Joshua's going to help with that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry, it's probably just my my Wi-Fi, just my natural aura <laughs> of uh, Wi-Fi just beaming out. Um, but then I also did. Uh, I got a chance to watch uh, your number five, The Post. Yeah. Which um, is good. It was good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I felt it was a little slight. Like, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, you know, more I viewed it as a history lesson. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, as as Spielberg films go, you know, it is kind of one of his more, you know, muted films. There's yeah. not a lot going on there. I do think if you watch it and then watch All the President's Men right yeah. afterwards, it, it plays way better. I, I actually, sure, I would. And, I mean, it's because I went to go see it with a friend of mine. Yeah. And he had never seen All the President's Men. Yeah. And as I, all the Princess Men is a much better film yeah. than the Post is, um, but it's definitely a good companion yeah. piece to that. And I guess that's probably the biggest issue I had with the Post is just that like all the Presidents Men is such a tremendously great film yeah. um, that it's like you, this movie is decades later and doesn't really bring anything no. Well, new it's to the trying table. to tell a small story, correct? And yeah. I think it does a good job in doing that. And it's like. It's just not the small story you right. kind of hope that it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, to me, that's like middle of my top ten, I think, is a good spot sure, for it. Sure, sure. Yeah. And it's, I mean, and it, it again, I get, it's a tremendously well put together yeah. film. Um, so there's certainly I nothing that I think Bob could, Odenkirk was yeah, passed up. Yeah. He was very, much better in that movie than I think Meryl well, Streep and, was. And I, I think Meryl Streep was really good yeah. as well. You know, and I mean, Meryl Streep, yeah, I mean, <laughs> newsflash, Meryl Streep was good in a movie, but like, um, it's just the way that she played kind of such a, like a meek and sheepish person. Yeah. Um, you know, she was definitely, uh, I think very, very interesting in that film. So yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed it. And then I saw Kirby, your number five, mm-hmm. um, Girls Trip. Um, and that's mm-hmm. a fucking great movie, that dude. Is. Like hmm. really, really hmm. good. Um, Maybe I'll have to you know, catch that. I mean, honestly, you know, I, I, you know, it's like I, I was really, I, I had to see the movie based on your recommendation, um, because like I felt it was like so interesting. I just, I guess, I just wouldn't peg that as a Kirby movie. Right. You know, and I mean, not necessarily what is a Kirby movie, but, you know, child murder. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, it really is. It's just one of those films I was really um, I I mean, like I said, I just I think that, um, you know, again, it's one of those things. It's uh, opinion value and stuff is that I mean, I'm always going to be into what I'm into. Yeah. And I get surprised by stuff. But Mm -hmm. a big thing for me is, is that I just do not understand um i don't like um you know there's a lot of people out there is cinephiles and just the general population who um they i think comedy gets derided as it has no value it has no thing it's like well i like to laugh and i like to have fun it can be dumb fun it can be something stupid but i felt like this one was a really good balance between uh, um, a lot of comedy a lot of it had a good like 
drama social kind of message right and i enjoyed that and i feel like people are like well it isn't it doesn't again it's like it doesn't feed the narrative that people wanted Mm -hmm. but it's the narrative that needs to be discussed because it's one of those ones while also having a good time talking about things yeah so i just feel like you know it it was one of those ones where i just i had fun yeah and i go and i I just miss that movies i can't imagine just having kind of have that movie sneak up on me yeah like i'm sure it did for you i mean i went into it already with expectations of okay well this is on the top list of somebody i respect their opinion on film so like obviously it's going to you know affect me in a different way um i'm sure it'd be even more affecting if i was just like oh this is whatever a dumb comedy i'm gonna see because whatever um you know but it's just it's an infectiously joyful film um you know it's just that's one thing i just i really really connected with is that it's viewpoint on life i mean it's even you know the the over the end credits how they're all just dancing in that parade you know and it's just like it it is an exuberant film it's a film that's like celebrating life and celebrating friendship and i would just say and that's a that's a great part of it too the other thing is, is that I mean, I just really feel like if there was justice, Tiffany Hesh would be Dude, considered. She a was best supporting so actress. amazing in that movie. And Holy yeah, shit, she's amazing. Yeah, she is definitely on my radar now, man. Like she was so hilarious in yeah. that movie. Well, it's kind of like Victor and I also pick Coco, and it's another genre yeah. where people just are like, oh, it's animation or it's kids or family, and they go, well, it can't happen. It's like. Man, not only that, but last year Kubo and the Two Strings was in my top five. Right, and it's an absolute. I, I think movie. Kubo or Coco could easily be the best picture of their year. But the fact that there's a best animated feature yeah. category yeah, yeah, is exactly. all to say an animated movie is never going to win best exactly. picture. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's like I mean, so well, it's like the year that um, uh, I, I everyone think... was pushing for Scarlett Johansson to be nominated for her. Really? Who was pushing for that? That was like a big thing that year. Wow. Because, you know, she was really good. It's just a vocal performance. I mean, honestly, like if uh, if, you know, if anybody should have ever won something like that, that's not an actual live action performance. It's freaking Andy Serkis. Exactly. I was just going to say hands down. Without a doubt. Yeah. But that's another one that I don't think is uh, is going to happen. Well, that's the thing is, is, is if Andy Serkis did not win for Caesar. It's never going to happen yeah. for anybody. But in, that and know. that's but that's a great point though, Hain on like not to take a side road, but that's another thing where people go, you know, I'm really open minded or I, I'm real open minded about film, and it's like, yeah, but then you're not when it comes to like you believe film should be this specific way, and I haven't seen so I haven't seen the Phantom Thread. I know you spoke well of it, oh, so I'd like God, to see it. Great. But what I mean is when I look at that film, yeah. it's one of those films where you go. There's people who are going, ah, oh, this, this should win. This is the best film. Yeah. And it could be a great film, but I mean that, like, then they look at something like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and go, right. uh, you know, I that shouldn't win. Sure. You know, it's like, yeah, it's I a don't very like one You can't compare them to each other. You kind of right. have to. But you, but you, you can have to, in the sense at of least that all sense... films should be, um, have a merit based system, and they're not. It's, it's yeah. literally, it's based on what it should. This, again, it's a narrative based thing. It should win this. Because this is the established standard, and it goes back. Yeah. I mean, that's a film lot of history. times. It's just like it, how a movie speaks to you. I mean, yeah, I remember last true. year, I was completely on board La La Land winning. That movie really hit me. Yeah, and I like I haven't watched it since then. I'm like, you know, I feel like that's the best experience I'm gonna have watching that movie. Sure, I don't feel like I necessarily have to watch it again. But then I also have like the part of me. It's like usually part of my criteria is do I want to see that movie again. You know, but I re- like even a monster calls I, that movie. Like I was crying when that movie ended. 
do I really want to watch it ever again? Right. Not really. It's a whole, the entire movie is about death and grieving, yeah. you know? And like very specifically, it's about a boy coming to terms with his mother's death. Yeah. It's, that's not something you want to see every day. It's so funny. Uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Justin. I was just going to say, I think there's some movies though that seeing them once is enough. Yeah. Yeah, they're so good, and they affect you in such a way that you don't need to watch them over and over again because it's yeah. gone beyond. Right, it's gone beyond watching a movie for entertainment value, and now you had an experience with a movie that you know you're like you said with La La Land, you're not going to be able to duplicate that. Yeah, because yeah. now you kind of know what's coming, or you've already seen it. And there's some movies that I think it's perfectly okay to see once and never see again. Yeah. My movie is Saving Private Ryan. Ah. I don't ever need to see that movie again just yeah. because the first scene, the 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 whole D-Day, yeah, yeah, the Normandy scene affected me in such yeah. a way um that I don't want to watch it yeah. again. Yeah. Yep. You know, and the whole movie in itself, I, I it had such an impact. Did you on watch me. Dunkirk yet? I had to not. cut in. I would I watch Dunkirk again, though. I, I would not. watch. No, no, no. Yeah. I just meant for him because I, I know yeah. you catch yeah. up on movies a little. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, I was like, I have man, not. wow, but, that's gonna be a. You know, that's the thing. But it affected me so much. I remember everything yeah. about it. It was. Yeah. I was on the bus this morning, thinking about the whole scene where they were. They always tried to play the game where they tried to figure out what they did before they yeah. were in the army. Right, right. Now, what were you, Sarge? And he was supposed to have been this or that. He was, I was a teacher. Yeah. I'm like, what? You know, because they thought he was just this huge badass, but he was only being that because he had to be. Yeah. yeah. And I think I thought that because I didn't want to get up and go to work this morning, and I made myself do it, and I was maybe doing some yeah. things in my head. But uh, beside the point, there are some movies like that where it impacts yeah. you, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, you now, don't I, need to read And I know it. a lot of people feel that way, like about like Schindler's List. And to me, I'm like, I always been of the opinion with Schindler's List, and this might be an unpopular thing. It's like, uh, I got, or like The Departed. Like I like The Departed. It's not Martin Scorsese's best movie. No. I feel like both of those movies just kind of won because, like, that director was kind of owed a win. Yeah, it's true. It yeah, yeah it was a lifetime. Or the subject for him. matter is something that is. It's such a monumental event or a part of our. History oh no, no, or not culture. the Departed. It was the Wolf of Wall. Uh, oh, the, the Wolf, Wolf of Wall. Yeah, I mean, is that really the movie that Martin Scorsese should have Wait, won? for? Did he win for that? Is I that thought that was for? it. I thought he won for the Departed. I thought so too. Oh, I, but by the way, I love the Departed. I the Departed. Yeah, really I love I the Departed. No, it is, it is the Departed. Yeah, but it's still one of those movies where, like, I I really feel Martin Scorsese should have won an Oscar way before that for any number of movies yes. like oh, uh, Driver, <laughs> Goodfellas, well, I think, I think, Days I, of New York even. I, I mean, mean, I think Leonardo DiCaprio should have won for The Basketball Diaries. Oh, or, yeah. You know, a That's lot of a other really films good movies. That is before really he should have won for a lot of his other movies. I mean, he's yeah. a great actor. Uh, There's A lot of people are great. The Green Mile. I even like Leonardo DiCaprio in Shutter Island. Mention. Like that's a really yeah. good Shutter Island movie. is a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a guy who you can he has a really great range I, and like I even think Martin Scorsese should have won for like uh bringing out the dead, dude. That's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's he's got a career and the yes. fact that it took so long for him to get an Oscar is like kind of crazy, you know? But there's a lot of people. I mean like I mean arguably like you know, I always bring up, you know, a lot of people doing that, you know, horror is generally shunned by the Academy. Oh, yeah. yeah. But one of the big Which ones is, is why like, it's so it's so weird that, like, arguably the two movies that deserve it most this year are both arguably horror movies. Or cult movies, Well, yeah. and, and then there's that, that uh, a theory that I've heard kind of bandied about in articles with our Oscar predictions is that they're going to uh, cancel themselves out. Yeah, um, that could you know, be. and well, they're basically they're going to split the vote in a way um, that people my, that are wanting to support yeah. genre. My, but, yeah. my take is I'm pretty sure Del Toro will probably get best director, mm-hmm. and 
or they could go the other way where like me too's got such a such a thing going on that they might give it to greta gerwig yeah and it could be just like uh the crash year you know yeah. what i mean yeah. well i just i just have to say i think that that you know lady bird is a tremendously well-directed film and i don't feel that like you know relegating it to a position of a crash well, is necessarily I, not, no, 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 no. i think what victor's saying is the environment right. the environment is very to friendly yeah. towards right. lady bird winning right right yeah and, and it's like we all here's the thing just because a movie broke back mountain should have fucking won <laughs> when yeah. you talk just about because so, a like, movie yeah. wins best picture is not endemic of that early being the best film of that year yeah, and no. i always point to 1994 what? the fact that forrest gump uh, beat pulp fiction and is, the shawshank redemption oh is the yeah. best yeah. picture well and i don't know it's like oh god it's i just don't even want to that's i like, don't even get me going <laughs> yeah. on 1994 dude like because that's like that's i i will never forgive forrest gump for that ever yeah. you know and it's not forrest gump's fault but i will never forgive and i like actually movie. Yeah. all those movies i'm not saying forrest gump is i i remember at the time i like forrest gump sure who but doesn't it's like, like forrest it's not gump. the shawshank but, you know, redemption it, no yeah. i can Fucking arguably stretch. say that pulp fiction and shawshank redemption are two of the best movies ever made yes and ever yeah. made. voted I mean, one of those Pulp Fiction is definitely better. Yeah. um, Well, now and now you've got the whole thing. And I don't, again, not a side one as I tend to bring up, but it's like, you know, now this whole thing with Tarantino, people are like, oh, you know, now we should, you know, condemn his career or something. And I'm sitting here going, you know, it's only like about a day or so. Yeah. No, no, but that's what I mean. Except for people are still condemning him for what he said about Polanski. Yeah. That's what I thought he was talking about. No one's condemning Meryl Streep for getting up there for Polanski either. So it's, it's, that's, but that's what I mean about like how people view things is they have a very narrow driven view and that's how it affects a lot of the, like we were just talking about like 1994 as an academy, like you've got people go and, you know, things are more broad now. There's more content. There's more opinion. There's more um, options. But I feel like people, the the example I was going to give was like one of the few true just, just um, uh, wins was um, uh, Kathy Bates for Misery. Oh, I mean, God, that's yes. one of the yeah. most powerful performances yes. ever in any film to so me good. and it's like okay so she wins finally and it's like you know great but then it's like that's what i'm looking for in a win a lot of times yeah. is a true what i feel is a true underdog yeah because it's in a dislike or just like genre. a really deserving win I yeah mean, that's you know, kind of, I that's that. why i would really like it if guillermo del toro won best director right. i feel like he really deserves it yeah you know? well, he he, he should have won it for pan's labyrinth because oh, yeah. to me in the year it was that's a masterpiece yeah yeah and it's like it should have won that's rough though man like because i really also feel that jordan peele deserves it and i mean again i mean if greta gerwig won it like i would not have any problem with that that is a very well directed have a problem it is it's a it's a competently well directed film i don't i don't actively dislike it i feel it's very like derivative of other movies but not in a terrible way i mean it's Mm -hmm. You know, and, and this this is what comes down to, like, how we were talking about people, like, you know, how, like, oh, it has a perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Who dared break its perfect score? It's and usually I, Armand White. Yeah, but what I'm going to say is, who cares? A perfect score doesn't mean anything. If I had reviewed Lady Bird when it came out, I don't think I would have given it, like, the best. It, mine would have been middle of the road, just because I feel like a lot of people who are watching it 
are kind of seeing this dynamic on screen for the first time and don't mm-hmm. have the necessary like have you seen ghost world people it's very similar well, well here's what yeah. i, it, it, well, I and i'm not know. saying that in a bad way you, I, i'm not trying to set these up and compete against each other i also think uh that you know noah bombach her husband like he directs similar movies i do yeah, feel like but, but it, I, I, no, no, no i'm not gonna say okay. something bad i'm gonna say I think Lady Bird is better than a lot of his recent movies. Yeah, I just think that that, but in I mean, genuinely, um, comparing it to things like Ghost World and comparing it to Noah Baumbach's work, I just think that it's underselling the absolute like the clip that that film moves at, the way that that film is edited, the way that that film wastes no time whatsoever, and how it is just it, it at least to me it stays consistently interesting. There are no lulls because what it does is it it, it takes that indie sensibility yeah. thing. That that we're all talking about and then it basically presents it in this way where it trims all of the fat yeah it says if there is something that's unnecessary to this uh you know this story we're going to trim it out completely yeah. and 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 i but really it does, feel it's, it, it's well, different to a certain degree i agree with that but a lot of it is conversation driven so i mean if the conversation is a scope here right then they spend a lot of time on that. Like the other way I would look at it, it's almost like a teen girl mumblecore movie, mm-hmm. which is like yeah. an interesting. Well, well, that's where Greta Gerwig comes yeah, from. Yeah, so that that's what I'm sense. saying. It's like you're you're seeing like mumblecore movies are usually about like the ennui of like middle aged dudes. Sure, you know it's like Sideways almost. Right. Where even though Sideways isn't a mumblecore movie, right, it might right, as right. well be. Yeah. But like we're putting that on a teenage thing because when you're a teenager, a lot of your life is built around your relationships with your with your friends you trying to get into different cliques and like how your your dynamic with your parent is like affecting that and that's lady bird kind of in a nutshell and that's why i think it's a good movie i wouldn't be mad if it won but at the same time i'm like god i just like shape water and get out so much better than both those movies absolutely i I think the issue is is that like kind of the way victor postulated on that you know when it can um you can go in all these niche categories. They can say like, well, we'll just put it in animation. We'll put yeah. it in foreign language. We'll put it in these, you know, different categories. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say is that that's actually the one thing I am. I feel is like a really good progression is changing instead of trying to um, put films into different places, which you need to have some distinction. But I do think that people are, um, you know, I think that that's what I'm trying to say is, is that like a comedy or an animation yeah. film should be considered best picture if it is, of the quality it's merit based yeah. and i feel like with a lot of films like all the, the a lot of the ones that are up we've talked about we're all in our top five top ten list for the yeah. year so it's obvious that no and this year ended up be being movies, way but... stronger than i thought it was going to end up being so even strong. halfway through the year we're like man this year's like shit for movies dude because we were all like get out's probably gonna win nothing else is even close and then like the last two months like all this stuff that's like really quality just like hit and i'm like Man, this kind of sucks. I almost wish like <laughs> some of this hit in eighteen. So, right, right. You know, but like, it's I, true. I, I I do remember all of us going. Yeah, two thousand sixteen was such a better year. I mean, we had The Witch. We had all these other movies. I don't know. I kind of th- almost feel like seventeen. Oh, ended seventeen up being, is tremendous. Yeah, Ooh, and they're gonna have great years and stuff. And it's just, but I mean, like getting back to, I mean, I think there always is gonna be a narrative. I think there's always gonna be people who want. It. And like I said, there's people who I just think the merit of their films and all those mentioned, yeah. including Lady Bird. Get out and, and, well, and um, shape of water and may more. It's all subjective. All, too, it's dude. completely subjective, but I think they all deserve based on the quality of the work. 
But my issue will always be the people who go, you know, of course I have an issue with people who go, well, it deserves to win because of this this factor. And yeah. I said that that I think was what Victor was hanging on with the crash mentality mm-hmm. is there are people who are very driven. Well, by this is what it's going to come down to is people trying like, you know, when you come down last minute, like, oh, what, what's going to tip this over? These are so close in my mind. It's always going to be something. You never know what it is. It's like the year it was like no country for old men and um that movie with there will be blood yeah there will be blood and i was like man i love both these movies so much they're both so fucking good but i i when like no country for old man one i was almost like i don't know man i really think there will like i feel like that's paul thomas anderson's strongest movie like he's Uh, never gonna you can you say yeah you can say the master i'm like what i'd be like he's never gonna make a movie as good as there will be blood but i do think the coen brothers will make better movies than no country for old men. I think men. they have. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, look, and, and it's funny cause I just watched there will be blood again last night. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and my God, man, that movie is just, a, it's, it's a that's Daniel day Lewis's best performance. Oh, ever. Hands down. I've seen. Yeah. yeah unbelievable it, yeah. what he pulls off in that film, you know, and just, in just studying him. And, and it's so funny. Cause like I was like, the putting Johnny together. Green, I, I, you're pissed me off. Cause uh-huh. Johnny Greenwood didn't get nine for right, best score right, because he, he, had used... he had like used some of other people's yeah. stuff. Yeah. But like, um, you know, it's funny. Cause like I had picked that up. I actually went to Z and picked up, uh, there will be blood. And, you know, cause I was like, I, I've been wanting to rewatch this movie and I was putting together some Ikea furniture. And then I was like, okay, I'm kind of mm. tired. It's two o'clock in the morning. Oh, Wow. I'm gonna go and I had today off of work, yeah. so no big deal. But I was like, eh, I'm kinda tired. I'm gonna put I was on their together be- IKEA furniture. I was gonna watch Friends. It appropriate, <laughs> but um so like I uh, I put on There Will Be Blood at about two, just thinking oh, I'm gonna watch the beginning of this movie and fall asleep. I stayed up for the entire thing because yep. I was riveted. Yes. I could not turn it off. And just studying just the the way that um <clears throat> Daniel Day Lewis has a complete control over every single it seems like pore of his skin. Yeah. You know, as an actor yep. is just unfreaking believable. But I also love uh Paul No Dino. Country for Old Men. Oh yeah, and he and he and casts so perfectly yeah. as well. Because he's Paul Dano is, is somebody I've always kind of been annoyed by yeah. as an actor, <laughs> and you're supposed to be annoyed by him. In that yeah. film you know he is supposed to be kind of a pipsqueak that's a uh you know just a a, a freaking fraud yeah you know um and so yeah I, I mean again but but i love no country for old men as yeah. well i i to me that's a sophie's choice i couldn't possibly no. i really couldn't um you know because that answer is going to change day by day on well yeah and the better. thing with like uh no country for old men is it's a genre breaker you know you think yeah. it's going to be this movie and halfway through, it becomes something else. And, like, it's one of those movies where I know people who were actively felt they were robbed of that yeah. confrontation between yeah. uh, Josh Brolin and uh, Anton Sugar. Oh, yeah, because yeah. it's just not there. Javier yeah. 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 yeah, it yeah, just, yeah. yeah, the character. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, you're. It, he just dies. Like, no fucking, like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck? And then the rest of it is just about, you know, this guy has a code, and he's going to follow it to yep. its actual end. And it's just fucked because then the rest of the movie you're just sitting there like is this really gonna happen yeah it was it's a cool thing it's a movie without a climax yeah Yeah. yeah. except well it it does have a climax it happens in the middle of the movie without a conscience yeah yeah you know like intentionally and i would just like to point out speaking of no conscience Mm -hmm. because i said walking out of the movie theater these were the words out of my mouth if that had been me there would have been no movie 
because I would have already left town with the money. I never would have gone back right. to give any. That, I, I would have known that guy's dead. I'm not losing any sleep over it. In fact, the town's going to wonder what happened to him. He just disappeared because yeah. I'm gone because I know somebody's going to be looking for it. I'm moving to the East Coast where there's less uh, Mexican <laughs> yeah. drug cartels. Right. Well, it's like a <laughs> horror movie logic. And that's what some people don't say. run up the stairs. I know. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> what do you call it like uh josh and i talk about gaming sometimes it's like like the brilliance of survival horror is making you go into the basement like right. or even though you never would yeah exactly no, never you would in the movie theater you'd be like don't fucking do it just go yeah, just yeah. go because just, you want to yeah that's just that scene at the end where he's with josh brolin's wife and he just tells her like he could have saved you from this but he didn't right yeah. and i there's nothing i can do about that yeah. you know because it's like it, if he lets her off even if no one ever finds out He'll know. I also exactly. love how she calls him out, though, and he's like, the coin decides. She's like, no, you decide. Yeah. Yes. You know, I, I love that, And I too. think the best scene of the whole movie was the old man in the convenience the coin store. Toss. The coin toss. Yes. Yeah. How much that have was you lost? The, yes. Yeah. It is, oh, is, yeah. Is, I love that. that was the no, best no, no. Scene of the whole movie. Don't put it back with the other quarters. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because then it'll be all like all the other quarters, which is which what it is. is. Yeah, exactly. Which is what <laughs> it is. It's just chilling. And the most unorthodox weapon ever used in a movie. A bolt gun. Jesus, that's fucked, And a silenced shotgun. Yeah. What a badass that guy is. I, I love the end of that movie too when he's like just you, you think he's gonna he, he gets hit by the car. Yeah. And it's like, oh, here's a come up. It's nope, nope, that kid on nope, a bike. Right? That kid on here, have my shirt. Yeah. <laughs> he yep. just hobbles away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I just feel like too that film, I love Blood Simple. And I yes. feel like yes. they finally got back to I mean, I just love true crime. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I felt about No Country. I was like, this is like a true true. Well, and Fargo also. Fargo too oh, also yeah. has the spirit, of course. But I feel like um, Are we turning now? Like now no. we're like, well, no, actually that is a really good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. True. It's it's a hard one to um yeah, to say Fargo's but, probably my favorite con. But it yeah. is funny though, mm-hmm. I do I do like Victor's point about Wait, though, wait, wait. Like wait. oh sorry, oh, go no, ahead. Oh no, never mind, never mind, go ahead. No, no, man, correct. I was gonna say more than Big Lebowski. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really? love Big Lebowski. I love really? Big Lebowski. I, I but yeah, it's got to be Fargo. But I, no, I, <laughs> I do think that Fargo and No Country for Old Men are better than the Big Lebowski, for sure. I think they're all they're both kind of yeah. they're, all three of them are perfect in their own way. I, yeah, they're all different genres. Exactly, right, it's hard right. to compare. But that's what's you crazy know? about the Coen Brothers is they can like jump jump genres so easily yeah yeah absolutely well, it's just one of those things where i was just well, like even like uh the hudsucker proxy a lot of people oh, don't give that, that movie. it's like this weird little fairy tale but man it's good it's yeah. good that's a movie that for about eight months was my favorite movie ever, yeah. of all of ever you know but before i realized it was blade runner yeah. but, you know and I, I would always change that for a while it was seven for a while it was the trigger effect yeah. for a while it was hudsucker proxy you know but then it's like oh, it's been blade runner oh, like speaking of movies plus. i never need to see again seven that's another even though oh I own wow it. god i used to Oh, I know. Seven, I love like, seven. No, the end of it pisses me off so bad. Oh, me too. It pisses me off so bad I can't put myself. I've through never it. felt that way no. in a movie. Ever. I do own it though. Like just but, as that mean, movie even, has, even the is mist, one you know, of like David Finch. Yeah, yeah. The mist well, it's is one my of those favorite best mind time, fucks by the way. Ever. And yeah. see the ever. mist. Because really the movie only works if if like Brad Pitt if brad pitt kills john doe if somehow he yeah. doesn't do it it's then true. the whole movie's impotent yes. and it's like morgan and morgan freeman that's why he's so well great you know the this. original ending right oh no morgan freeman kills him oh um, yeah, yeah I'm glad exactly they changed that. because he's about to retire anyway yeah. so he basically takes that bullet i can oh. see, I can see that working but it's yeah. like i like the way it works in that movie Agreed. better because morgan freeman knows 
Brad Pitt's character well enough to know he won't resist doing it. Yeah. And though it's just impotent rage when he's going, ah, because yeah. Morgan Freeman knows he's going to do it. Brad Pitt knows he's going to do it. Yeah. And he's just fighting like. I yes. know if I do it, he'll win. But goddamn it, I yes. can't not kill him. Yeah. But I mean, the, watching that film in the theaters for the first time, and the scene where they're going out into the desert, and he's talking about you know it, you know what they're going to find out yeah. there. And I've just I don't know if I if, if I've ever been as on the edge of my seat in yeah. any film ever. I uh, I just laugh so hard when you talk about like Morgan Freeman taking the. Like thanks, Red. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. Red. It would be a little we'll, too like we'll lethal. Get down on, I mean, right. it, yeah, I don't know. I I really like the way it works better with just like. It's yeah. funny because I just listened to a podcast today about that payoff. Yeah, yeah. The payoff in movies where you figure out what's going to happen before the main character does, and the whole rest of the time you're like, oh my god, you know what I right. mean? It, that that yeah. whole. Because you knew as soon as I saw yeah. the freaking box, I yes. was like, yeah. oh, my God. Well, no. And what I no. love also <laughs> about the filmmaking involved in that is that's it's all like building you, have, tension, yeah. you yes. have him and he's like going back and forth and going back and forth. And he's like, you know, in agony. And then you have a moment where he stops. And then the this, this scene briefly, like almost subliminally cuts to Gwyneth Paltrow, you know, just and you basically see yeah. him. That's yeah. like him imagining yes. her. And then that finally gives and him that's the so atypical. Typical yeah. of uh, David Fincher, like, mm-hmm. do, like he didn't need to throw that cut in there, yeah, yeah, but yeah. the fact that he throws it in there is this like really weird Hitchcocky and thing. Almost. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, well, he was like, he's, you're, he's trying to put you in the mindset of of Brad Pitt's character, like, right? You're, he's, that's what he's seeing. No one else is seeing it, and like Morgan Freeman, as much as he knows that that's going to happen, is not seeing that. And it's yes. like, yeah, or like yeah. you know, and just like you know, again, like he looks into the box and he says, and he says, uh, he says. Yeah, uh, uh, John Doe's got the upper hand here, you know, yeah. and it's yes. like he knows at that yeah. point. Yeah. And he, he knows it's like California. Don't open the box. And it's like even then, we know, we know, yeah. we know before then. It's yes. like, oh, what's in the box? You know yes. what's in the fucking that, box that, when you see the truck drive up. You, yeah. you just know uh, it, it's such a perfect. I didn't I mean, at that it point. Was, I didn't yeah. know it was almost a trope because they set the whole thing up earlier in the movie where they were laying in bed together and she told him she was pregnant. He was like, yeah. I love you so much. It was the same thing. No, as- he never finds out. Yeah. He's stupid. That's the whole reason. John yeah, yeah, yeah. Doe's the oh, one that's who right, tells that's her right. exactly. she's pregnant, he goes, and oh, that's why he kills know. her. But they set it up John in the Doe. whole thing yeah. where yeah. he was talking about how much he loved her when they were yeah. there, and it was so sweet. It, it was the equivalent of the old trope from the '80s movies of the the old cop going, "Yep, retiring right. in yeah, two yeah, weeks, yeah. gonna go yeah. out and spend time with the grandkids." Yes, I will say that's one of Kevin Spacey's best performances ever. It's like I I have I wanted to imagine being an ordinary man with an ordinary life and a wife. And a child who's like, oh, he didn't know. Yeah, yes. like yeah, he yeah. says it oh, like yeah, yeah. that. It's like, right. oh, yeah, exactly. And that's that's the cut to Morgan Freeman right then because yeah. that's when Morgan Freeman knows it's over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm you, just gonna miss the recut when Kevin Spacey is digitally altered. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> you know, we and were Johnny Knoxville is not, added not that long ago. It's like <laughs> it, it's hard. Like when when there's these people who like their their personal lives are unseemly, and it's very hard to separate that from their artwork and it sucks because i mean yeah we all know kevin spacey clearly not a good person yeah but man he's a tremendous actor i love him in that movie well he's done yeah he's done well, he's you gone. know what he's, he's done but man he's like he one of the best parts of home he's right. one of the best parts of baby driver and that kind of yeah. pisses me off too because that movie 
like totally got shut out from everything. Well, here's the thing. I think we kind of touched on this before all of this shit in Hollywood started. We touched on this earlier last year. I think we were talking about Jeepers Creepers 3. Yeah. And are we going to watch that movie because of all the shit going on with the director? Yeah, well, it became too. I think I also was like, I had to keep doing it. Um, What do you call it? Like, uh, this is what I heard, you know. I'm not saying this is what I heard, but I remember bringing up Brett Ratner. And yeah, then it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and uh, who was the other one? Um, uh, uh, oh, Brian Singer. Brian Singer. And I was like, oh, and there they both are. I was like, yeah. it's, it's, it's so funny. And, I, and I'm glad we kind of stumbled into this because I think about the podcast during the day while I'm working. And on the way to work this morning, I was thinking, and I kind of wanted to talk about this, but I didn't want to bring it up because I didn't want to be a sure. source of. I didn't yeah. want to get into a, uh, you know, a spark politically correct whatever. But since we stumbled into it, I wanted to ask you guys: Has all the stuff going on um, with the, you know, the sexual allegations of pretty much every nobody's clear from it? Sure, everybody's got some kind of skeleton in their closet, whether it be twenty or thirty years ago. Number one. Um, has it affected your opinion of wanting to even watch movies? And number two, where's the disconnect between just like, just like Victor just said, we know Kevin Spacey is a walking piece of garbage, but my God, can he make good movies? Yeah. You know what I mean? Honestly, I was already kind of soured on Kevin Spacey a little bit anyway. So to me, in terms of Kevin Spacey, it's like, it's not the end of the world. Like I've seen, I've been there. I'm talking about just Franco. Right. I'm talking about. uh, Yeah. But, but as far as Franco, no, not really. Um, Honestly, I'll say this. I I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually was fully. Yes. I was going to say that was my bad. I didn't mean. I mean, I 100% separate the art from the artist because look i mean i i would be lying if i you know said that roman plansky is not one of my favorite directors yeah. he just is yeah. rosemary's they, you know, baby's still yeah. on it's definitely my hundred favorite movies easily i mean yeah. i would say rosemary's baby i mean it's i mean just off the top of my head in my, maybe my top 30 yeah. you know like it, i love that film so much and i was thinking well. of that movie just yesterday i mean but i also love the ninth gate i yeah. love ghost Rider. like mm-hmm. uh, you know i just i and I continue well, to and support. Here, here's him. the thing with like the, the ninth gate was made like in Europe because of all that yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's all exactly. these people who are willing to work right. with him even now. And then, like I said, you know, uh, I mean, it's weird making yeah. this argument. It's like it was a different time. But see, that but also... the, here's the thing. I, here's the other thing. It was a different time. His wife had just been murdered not sure. that long. Sure. So I feel like there's these extenuating well, circumstances where I could kind of. And I uh, do that think level. that there are degrees. Like, yeah. I, I mean, look, you know, I, I, I'm People sorry. People make bad decisions I don't think that grief. what Roman Polanski did was as bad as what Harvey Weinstein no, did. No, it's not. You know, I, I don't, just don't. There's degrees. And, and, and it's like, you know, look, Tarantino makes a statement where he basically says something along those lines. He's like, you know, look, statutory rape and rape are two different things. And now... Anytime I see anything about Tarantino online, it's a it's Tarantino an army supports of people. Rape. He yeah. supports rape. He yeah. supports I, I just well, say then you're getting because... into this whole thing about yeah. like consent, and that's the like the like the 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 thrust of Me Too. So it's like no, a, no pun intended. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, no, yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry, I didn't know. Yes. No, I just want to say I, I want, and it's weird to... talking about this topic when, like, without having like a, a woman here, I suppose. Yeah, but even but if no, a woman was here, is she just representing all yeah, women? Yeah. I mean, no, and no, no, no represents We're all speaking thing. about our own, it's true. our own thing. And even as a film, as a film enthusiast or cineast, 
I will say, like, I will watch the first season of House of Cards again. I'll watch performances by Kevin Spacey I enjoy. That that being said, if I were a filmmaker, I would not want to watch employ him in any means. Exactly. There's a toxic toxicity around him that I wouldn't want. But at the same time, it's like the Victor Salva thing. Like I am not a fan of the Jeepers Creepers movies anyway. And I don't feel like he's ever made like an attempt to divorce himself from the fact that he's a convicted child molester and a filmmaker. He just kind of ignores it and keeps plugging on. It's like, okay, I, you know, I respect the fact that you're trying to make a living in a, in a difficult way. That being said, I won't ever want to meet you, be your friend, or support you in any way. The point is, is we have to have degrees. If we refuse to have degrees, then why not just murder people for shoplifting? I I mean, we have to have degrees. I just want to say that the number one thing here, I think Josh hit on first and foremost, is separating art from the individual. And the second one is, I, I truly feel, I mean, if you want to talk about like a nail on the head one, is Bill Maher did a piece, and he came up with the best term. I mean, I'm sure he's not the originator of it, but it's um, with the whole Matt Damon thing with his cons. He goes, we are now in the age of distinction deniers, and it's the idea that there is no difference between things. And right. that, that yes. is not only – And it's weird he's saying that concerning his views on Islam, but yeah, neither <laughs> but, here nor there. But at the same time – but that's what I mean. But, but in the end, the whole point is whatever people have views on, I, I, see, like, I, it's this not is going... literally one of our yeah. most well-rounded yeah. episodes <laughs> right. ever. Yeah, yeah, I'm just yeah. saying we've jumped around so much intelligently yeah, yeah. on but this. But it's, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where um, I feel like what I'm trying to say with what Bill Maher was trying to say was people went after Matt Damon. I'm just going to use that right. one as an isolated right. example because Matt Damon said that sexual harassment and sexual assault are for the same root problem. And they are a problem that needs to be actively addressed, but they are not the same thing. Correct. Right. And right. people said – you're wrong. You don't have a voice in this, and you don't get a say. And it's like, okay, if we're at a point where we cannot deg- we cannot say in a legal yes. or societal sense that there is a difference between these things, then there is no discussion. There's no hope because if we can't even have this one, um, no, I think that's platform, brilliant, Kirby. And it's the same thing on. Yeah. Um, yes. And he's just one of those people. I do think he a lot of times just lays it out there and says if we can't have these discussions then we we can't and for me and it's the same thing with the separation of the art from the artist right and i just my view is is that people like to go on their um you know their narratives their witch hunts and stuff and they'll go well this person it's like a big one right now and i'm not trying to deviate from completely from film but from entertainment in general is is the bill cosby issue it's like there is, or the NZs. Well, and he's sorry being thing. retried. He's being retried, and that's the thing. And all these individuals, no matter who they are, are innocent until proven guilty and do deserve it. Because I have to believe, as a person in the system, that everyone um, does deserve a f- due process and a fair trial. Now, being judged, well, by I don't the public, think anybody is is saying that's not the case. But we're also saying yeah. is like entertainment is a very insular industry. Here, here's where this stuff goes unreported. Because people are afraid of hurting their no, no, and, exactly. I, and, and that's a hundred percent the root of the yeah. problem. When Hollywood gets stands up and says it is applauding itself, like we're taking action, it's like why weren't you taking action? And people go, well, right. that's a victim blaming exactly. thing. I'm not blaming the people who are victims of this. I'm blaming the people who that knew you about it. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm yeah, talking yeah. about limo drivers. I'm talking about maids. I'm talking about concierges and especially agents well, and people I think who knew about those things. That's a big reason too yeah, why the Kevin a... Spacey thing was so universally like railed against because right. he, like what happened when all this came out? That's the opportunity he used to come out 
to try to like divert exactly. the yes. issue. And that yeah. is the but, worst right. possible No, thing because right. the fact done. is, we all know for a fact, I, I completely believe this 100% that Kevin Spacey never would have come out ever right. if it hadn't no, been for no. this and trying to use it well, in a cynical, And it's like an excuse. Yeah. But yeah, you know, we've got to have degrees because if you're, and, and, and you're absolutely right, distinction deniers is, I think, probably the most absolutely bang on way that you can say it. Um, because if we're saying that um, child molestation and consensual sex, yes, with a 13-year-old, but still consensual sex with a 13-year-old are the same fucking thing, then there's a problem. We have to have that conversation. Now, I'm not saying that that is not statutory rape. It but doesn't I'm not make saying it right, it's okay, but it's different. But it's, yes. it's well, got to be a different degree of severity correct, than what yeah. than the Jeepers Creepers here's, here's well, Also, fear. I mean, I hate, again, it's like, you know, statutory rape, like, 51 years ago. Well, and, uh, and yeah. the whole thing right. here well, is, and is that European, Roman, yeah. which Roman they just have different views on Roman that Polanski um, drugged and anally raped a 13 year old girl. And that's just the fact. That's the facts of the case. The woman who is in it has forgiven him, said he should be yeah. able to come to the U.S. I'm not here to make a decision well, because it, it's her. It's her thing. Here's but, the thing I will say about this, just to throw in some legal light on the matter. The fact is over the past 50 years, Roman Polanski has made several uh, attempts through his lawyer to settle this case where it basically got to like, all right, if you come to the U.S., we'll arrest you and basically you'll get a felony conviction and we'll do like some kind of house arresting. And basically that's not good enough for him. And that that's the one thing that's right. kind of like. He just doesn't want to be convicted well, I, for this I crime. will say that on that subject, I was not aware of the fact that he drugged her and then raped her. I, I had thought oh, yeah. that it was a consensual situation, no. even though she was definitely yeah. underage. Uh, and, uh, but I'm, but you're, the heart of what you're saying, though, is the yes. distinction. Right. Still well, and and I think that even goes further than that, because it's like in the idea that Tarantino can say what he said, and now he's just as bad. Yes. I mean, people are bandying about the words like unforgivable. That's I mean, I saw that all day long because, you know, this whole new Uma Thurman thing came out about the car crash and all that stuff and people are like what Quentin Tarantino did by defending okay. um, so, him was unforgivable yeah so here, here's the, the thing here we go to all Doug right. Llewellyn uh, I'll just like that, just so we're not speaking <laughs> dun, dun, dun. conjecturally right, right? right. Uh, in 1977 so it wasn't 51 years ago okay. it was 42 years ago right uh, film director Roman Polanski was arrested with five offenses <laughs> against Samantha Gamer a 13 year old Rape by use of drugs, perversion, sodomy, lewd and lascivious acts under a child of a child under fourteen, and furnishing a controlled substance to a minor. Right. So he basically gave her drugs. Yes. And then right. she was when she was high, he had anal sex with her. Right. All right. In Angelica at, Houston's hot tub. Yeah. At wow. his arraignment, Polanski pleaded not guilty to all these charges, but later accepted a plea bargain whose terms accepted dismissal of the charges in exchange for him pleading guilty to the lesser charge of engaging in unlawful sexual intercourse. Mm, right. He underwent a psychiatric evaluation and he was released on probation. But once he was told that he would be deported, if he came back, he fled to France. Right. So the conviction would result in his being deported, which is why he didn't want the conviction. So ever since then, he's lived in France and avoided countries that have extradition agreements uh, with the United States. Right. You know, so, um, there's no statute of limitations because Polanski has already been charged and pleaded guilty to unlawful sex for a minor. So that's the big distinction here. 
Um, some experts saw in 2009, in 2009 thought he might face no jail time. His failure to appear at sentencing is in and of itself a crime. So he would go to jail just for that. So right. he just doesn't want to go to the U.S. because he doesn't want to go to jail. Yeah. He's already been convicted of this. Right, right. Yeah. And, and you know, so, I just think that 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 the. That is a detestable act. Um, you know, yeah, I just absolutely. think that we shouldn't hang Quentin Tarantino because he has an opinion on yeah. it. Yeah, we'll bring you back. Here's here's my fear. This is this is the, I've been thinking a lot about this, maybe more than I should. For anyway, um, we're living in a time of just like Kirby was saying, you should be innocent until proven guilty. In most people's minds, that doesn't exist anymore. All it takes is an accusation. It's true. Yeah. Ask James Franco. I don't. I don't know much about the story. I don't know if they got yeah. any facts on that or not. But an accusation was enough to him to be totally taken out of the Oscar picture mm. altogether. Yeah, an accusation. Yeah, but it wasn't enough to stop Casey no. Affleck from winning an yeah. Oscar. Well, okay, and also another. Casey Affleck yeah. won't even be at the Oscars this year. Well, right. here's my fear. Well, that's just good. like yeah. you, you kind of joked. That uh, in in future versions of you know seven they're oh, going yeah. to well, they're going to George Lucas Kevin Spacey example. I'm really I'm really worried about that that they're going to start messing with these things because it's a knee jerk. Well, we don't even want his face seen anywhere, and then all of a sudden, well, you're watching yeah. you're watching uh, the Usual Suspects. And it's some um, plain Jane guy's face. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, we're going to Chris Benoit this situation. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, That's what I'm afraid of. Yeah. And and I think, and here's my thing, man. No matter what has happened, you should not mess with the course of history, whether it be U.S. history, world history, cinematic history, whatever. What happened, happened. But if there's a body of work behind that, it should not be taken away just to snub your nose at the person that did it. Um, because... It it is it is something that is there that exists that should remain yeah. for posterity. If anything well, else, and I'm not going to fault anybody mean? if somebody says I don't, I I refuse to support and I will not watch any Roman Polanski films. Oh, I'm absolutely not say no. But that yeah, choice no. should not be made right. for you. you and, that they're all out of print. Yeah, they're not coming back into print. And now, if you want a copy of Rosemary's Baby, you better be prepared to pay six hundred dollars for it on eBay. Well, and my whole you thing know? when I was saying the thing about Meryl Streep like uh, applauding Roman Plansky. My issue, it's not about Meryl Streep. It's not about anybody. It's about the idea of everyone has their own view of what they consider to be a double standard. Like my huge view, like uh, Alina Dunham going, women don't lie about rape, but yeah. my friend didn't rape this person. Yeah, and, and then it's she like, writes a book where she talks about uh, putting objects up to her sister's vagina when she was a little girl. Yeah, but my oh whole my thing is, is that I still think she deserves, a, you know, whatever, you know, fair and thing. But my thing is you cannot sit there and say, well, women never lie about rape, but you lied about my friend raping you because I consider him a good guy or whatever. It's yeah. the it's same thing with all of a sudden me too can be in question because yeah. we like Aziz and sorry or because we consider. And I will say that her account and that story, you know, people have very differing views and you're totally entitled to those as is she to say her own piece. Sure. Um, and I never believe in silence. Anybody. But anybody should be able to tell the voice of whatever. But again, it goes back to the same things. I will always call out hypocrisy. Yes. And, I, and everybody has some level of it. But like it's like a Scarlett Johansson going, you know, uh, Dylan Farrell going, hey, you know, I've been calling you out for years and you won't listen to me. And then you kind of, you know, now you're in these things where it becomes difficult. It's like the Rose McGowan issue right now with, um, you know, this uh, 
a trans activist and it's well, like well you don't want to go too no, far I, down I don't the mean, rabbit hole that I, doesn't really have anything well no 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 my point well give me a second okay. here to explain I, what I, my I, point I get is. where you're going I'm it's following. all in the same it's in the same breadth of what we're talking about is is that what i'm trying to postulate is is that people become very um you know i see it this way and then it's until this thing comes up or this person but it's like some of the things are so matter of fact it's like um eliza dushku with the the true lies one right it's like one of the things that hit me hardest in that story was she's going well i told my parents and i told my family and i told people yeah. and i'm sitting there going then who the fuck was doing anything exactly, for you yeah. well because, yeah, because that's it's, my it issue comes here. down to like power dynamics which yeah. is what we were saying yeah. it's like people don't want to rock the boat because then if young elijah dushku's parents are like you know this is going on they're going to be like well we've used this guy for so long yeah. maybe you're just like reading this wrong or you're parents right, are trying right. to project and that's the kind of industry that like yes. hollywood has is. always been that way the casting couch has existed from the beginning and they've always done these things and like i said for them to like applaud themselves well, look at, and put it on their Feldman, back is my yeah. issue who actually went and said this was happening and nobody believed it's it because true. they don't yeah. care because yeah. it's the same thing there was a documentary i brought up on a podcast years ago that absolutely rocked me to the core which is called an open secret and I think it's because the same thing with like um, a lot of it has to do with that. I don't know why that um, pedophilia is when it is because um, uh, pedophilia, rape, all these things are crimes of power. It has nothing to do with the sex of people are. But I don't understand why when it is a male on male, it's not taken seriously. Because that's an issue, and it really isn't. Yeah. I mean, Victor Salva is one of the only people who was, and the few that are. Uh, what's his name? Um, from Peck, from uh, uh, Return of the Living Dead. He's a convicted oh, yeah, uh, child yeah, molester, yeah. and he's still working on like Nickelodeon shows. It's like, how is this possible? Yeah. And it's one of those things because it is a hidden secret, and yeah. and Corey Feldman, people are just like laughing at him. I'm sitting here going, he's telling you how it is and he's, you're just ignoring it and it's like you know yeah. so it's I, like, I just fuck you guys i would you know? say like one thing you know because and, and i think it's good that we're having this conversation because it's just, it's a thing that that's that's yeah obviously I mean, we out haven't there. talked about it at all, um it you know but but yeah. one thing that i'll say is that you know with anything like the reaction to the me too movement um it's it's new and it's gonna have its growing pains and there are gonna be you know there are gonna be a little mini witch hunts that are gonna happen and things like that and um the important thing, though, is that for better or worse, like we're having this conversation and we really haven't openly been having this conversation for a long time. Um, and there are a lot of people that um, have been trying to have this conversation like you just brought up, Kirby, yeah. and haven't been listened to. And, you know, and again, I just I think that it, it, it's good that we're talking about this, like not just we on this podcast, but we as a community, as a cinematic community, as a people are having these conversations. Yeah. Um, I just think that we need to kind of narrow down and stop this, this, this kind of like guilty by association, you know, like really that that's the part of the witch hunt that really drives me up the wall. Is that yeah. like, well, you didn't do anything about it. So you're just as guilty. Well, well, you, that was, you know, yeah, that's kind of yeah. like the crux of the whole Tarantino thing. Yeah. Like he had to do an interview with deadline and Uma Thurman had to do a post on her Instagram saying, no, 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 Quinn Tarantino gave me that footage and he was supposed to be in this interview, but he like blew it off and he wasn't thinking. Right. Yeah. You exactly. Know? So it's like one of those things where I'm like, you know, how, it's this is a new thing where, where people are being open about this stuff. Right. And there's like, well, you know, there's going to be, like you said, growing pains. You know, the important thing is that like, you know, these issues are being dealt with. 
And just because sometimes like there, it's very hard to separate the person from their artwork, but you shouldn't like, I don't feel like you should get all your DVDs out and burn them. Exactly. Well, exactly. I'm sure and if that's you knew. what I was trying to go through when you were like going down the rabbit hole. My thing is everything is linked together. And I a hundred percent agree with Josh. This is a conversation that has been a long time coming. Yeah. And I mean, it has been discussed to some degree. My whole view on it though, is it has to be a universal discussion. It's like, no one can be excluded from this. You can't say like, Oh, this person deserves more of a um opportunity to speak up everyone and anyone who is victimized in anything any community it's like uh even in this community um the guys from what was it uh birth movies death uh harry yeah, Knowles. all these sure. people are finally getting called out it's yeah. like great because they should be but all those things no matter what the accusation is they all need to be followed up on and it needs to be put into a legal matter well, because yeah, if I it's not then it's that it, was the crux of the whole Devin farachi thing yeah. was that like Oh, oh well, he's been fired, but I guess in the end he wasn't really. And well, and it was rehired ten months after. Yeah, yeah. and it and was I mean, like, yeah, and, I mean, and there I are movies almost... that I couldn't see at Fantastic Fest because people were boycotting it because of that. And as much as like I'm like, well, hold on, that's affecting the fans. At the same time, I get it. Like yeah. that was not a cool move to do. Well, it's like no, and it's like that. You know, it's it's early ground. I mean, I on one level I can understand like wanting to help your friend. But at the same time, if your friend is doing this shit, like it's very difficult to give him a job where he's being a prominent voice right. of fandom. Especially, yeah. I mean, I like I've met Devin Frachi a bunch of times. I hung, I've hung out with him socially when I went to Sundance. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's an interesting guy. Like he, he's nice, but he's quiet, and he's, you know, like I. You know, like I can't say that I would be friends with him because his personality didn't really rub me the right way. Mm-hmm. But I will say that like he's a polarizing figure. Like he's one of these people online who is very much a titan at like shutting you down by being like an asshole. Right. But in real life, not so much. You know, so it's very hard to like empathize with him on that level. Yeah. Well, that's the way it is. A lot of people online yeah. are going to talk big, but in personal, and yeah. that's the thing with a lot of them. It's like it's that it's that anonymity that Josh is talking about, and the and and it's very rare I ever actually use the word toxicity because I I feel it's grossly overused. But I think in some of what Josh was saying, I think it's incredibly valid because it's one of those things where um there is such a a thing, and that's what I'm saying is a growing um, yeah. paradigm is people are just like. And that's another point. Well, yeah, everything's power, awful. Like, yeah. Any kind of power can go to somebody's head if yeah. they're able to abuse it against somebody else. Yeah. And, and I, it, yeah. Yeah. That's you know, spot well, on. One thing we can always, we can all agree on is that a Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. He is. Yeah. And so, I mean, I will say at the very least, when he was asked for comment on that article, he didn't deny anything. Right. So yeah. at the very least, it's at like. At the very least. Yeah. That. Well, neither yeah. did like Louis C.K. and some of the other right. ones that were actually open but that's the thing and and i do believe in the end like as we've kind of circled back to it's up to your own personal judgment i don't consider you a horrible person if you want to um enjoy this particular film or or album or art because god knows it's infected in everything the one oh, yeah. thing i do believe though is like i said it needs to be um that i do believe due process needs to be exercised and i do believe that people need to have to raise their voices i don't think anyone should ever be shut down because they want to speak out um, at any time. And it doesn't matter if it happened 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. The only time, I, I, like I said, I don't want to deny distinction is I also want to deny distinction that people are infallible or untouchable. And that was the only reason I touched quickly on the Bill Cosby thing. 
because I still hear people go, well, I don't think he did anything. And I'm sitting here going, <laughs> okay, uh, then I mean, I really yeah. don't know what I can do yeah. for yeah. you to convince you exactly. that you're going to, you know, go, you know, I, I'm it really, I, I really can't. I, I feel like the Bill Cosby thing and the Louis C.K. thing are all actually almost like very related because it's these people who are very much titans of their industry. Right. And people like were put in situations they never could have realized power dynamic yeah and it's like how do you respond to that yeah and if you're if you're a let's say a female you know like aspiring comedian and then you get in a room with louis ck and it's like i mean i don't necessarily buy you know his explanation for things like i didn't know it was not okay to whip out my dick you know but it's like (laughs) you know but but it's like at the same time it's like you know are you gonna say anything to him you know, like, are you going to make enemies with Louis C.K.? I kind of want to put that on a shirt. I know it's okay to whip out my dick. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I do think that way. And and the whole point of what I was trying to touch on, and not necessarily, I wasn't trying to go on, like I said, the route hold, the Rose McGowan thing. But one of the things about Rose McGowan, too, is that I do want to talk about with the distinction thing is also that is her going, well, you're not an ally and you're an enemy or something. It's like. I really one thing I don't like the only thing I really do not like about the Me Too movement, and I will say this openly, is I don't like people going, You don't have a right to say anything, especially women to other I mean, women. I don't really women, think that's happening. Oh, I see it all the time, man. I hundred percent that women go, Well, you don't have a right to say anything and I just I'm I'm saying And that I so. feel like Rose McGowan is also a weird example because she also does have mental illness. Mm. So it's like mm. it's it's a lot of Well, the problem with anything yeah. like this is Things get started with the greatest of intention. Like, I really was into the... Uh, I'm up in the air now because of everything that's going on. But when the Me Too thing started, I was seeing it on Facebook and stuff. And I was like, this is kind of cool because it's empowering. And, totally. you know, it, it, cause no, me, myself, knowing way too many... May, way many more victims of sexual harassment or abuse than I think I should. Yeah. That's a statement in itself. Well, yeah, it's important it, that it's, the, it was a, it's getting it was, out there. But you always... It, I feel like... Something will start out like that, and then it gets latched onto, or people um, they want to use it to to further another agenda. Well, Rose or do McGowan you know is what I mean? also selling a book, exactly. You know? Or you get, some, or they want to. Yeah, I, this is a good chance for me to get some more attention, or you know what I mean. And but at ruins, the same time, like it. Rose McGowan is uh, selling hers more, based more on like her rose army well that's hashtag, why i was just gonna say my issue know? with rose mcgowan if i was gonna say some is the idea of like the rose army thing it's the difference is saying women men everyone anyone who's been a victim who's been subjected to abuse speak up fight back i'm 100 percent behind you on that absolutely I'm, what i because that's the way i feel but it's one of those things too I, like i said and and victor did hit on a point too which is difficult to say that i mean obviously there are some serious mental issues going on and you do have to take that into account um i just feel like as a whole it my point would be and we've all touched on it here is is that again things are not always easy to talk about for the issue of full disclosure um the marketing company behind her book had contacted me about wanting to interview like rose mcgowan Mm -hmm. uh, if if i was interested but they told me i would have to be vetted in right. order to see if my reach was like the the uh-huh. like the kind of people she was trying to reach, and to me, I'm like, well, I'll interview her based on her career or book, but I'm not really a million percent comfortable like being investigated. You yeah, know? right. Totally. That seems odd to me. Did you tell them about right. your Instagram model career? I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm throwing it out there. It's pretty um, popular. But, uh, so, 
I'm glad we talked about yeah. this, but, but, yeah, but I would say I let's like move on. Um, so do, are we uh, going to go on to like that main subject? Yeah, we can talk about it a little bit because I think we touched upon yeah. it. Like, I mean, there's like, yeah, never was never let me go or no, no, no. Oh, before I wake. Yeah, before We're I talk wake. About those those movies review. that are like. Yeah. And even like it, it's like it, I think a lot of it, you know, like it's these, like the opposite development. Hell, it's well, like no, and it's here's just the shelf thing, like. They're, they're, what's happening now is like these studios like Netflix and Amazon they're going to they're Sundance and all these places and they're buying movies yeah. for their platforms right. like you know this is dollar for value it's you know it's just like the same reason like Hulu has like Handmaid's Tale or like mm-hmm. Amazon got like um you know altered no no um the Philip K Dick Electric Dreams and Netflix yeah. has altered carbon you know they're trying like ours is the best service this is why you know and there's outliers like us who get everything anyway yeah yeah. you know but at the same time like is this like is netflix becoming the new box office and that's like a difficult thing to say i mean we've talked about in the past how like you know a24 has had deals with like amazon where all their movies end up there like pretty soon Mm -hmm. and like i neon is like that now on hulu they used to be like that on amazon you know so everybody's kind of bidding for content Mm -hmm. but i think what we're talking about is more like you know last year um the one of the most buzzed about movies at sundance was i don't want to live in this world anymore Mm -hmm. the elijah wood movie yeah i don't feel at home in this world anymore yeah yeah, yeah. and it won the audience award at sundance and all this and Netflix bought it and it showed up and on, it got buried. Buried. Mm-hmm. It showed up on Netflix like as soon as the festival went and they yep. didn't promote it at all. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, and that's and that is to me something that's worth discussing in terms of, you know, the negatives here. I mean, because the positives are, you know, hey, cool that, you know, Clover regardless of what you think of the Cloverfield paradox and, you know, we've kind of discussed that um, you know, at length, but, you know, it's it's like it's kind of a cool thing that it just got surprise dropped like that yeah. and Netflix or- allows that but actually at, actually mm-hmm. before we go on yeah we're almost at the two-hour mark yeah so what we could do is we could just end this episode and then we can talk about this yeah because i got a lot yeah, to say yeah. about streaming services yeah, yeah. so gonna... let's just end this episode we'll call yeah. this part one well, this right. is part one so we'll get cliffhanger to... cliffhanger <sighs> and i almost so... feel like after the conversation we just had we should do the whole 80s sitcom if you want more information on the Me Too movement, not to have too much levity here yeah. and, um, you know, to, uh, to, to do that. But, but yeah, this was definitely a very special episode. Yes. A very special episode <laughs> All right. of Coke Ball. So stay tuned for us. This will, next, part two will post next week after this one, uh, after this episode hits uh, tomorrow, which will be February 9th. 10th? 9th. So mm-hmm. look for this pro- on February uh, 15th. All right, uh, the streaming episode. It could right? also uh, we can bundle that up with our Valentine's Day episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. There we go. Netflix American Valentine's Psycho. Day. Yeah, Boom. yeah, yeah. No. yeah. All right. So till next time, folks. You can always find us on iTunes. If you like this episode, if you like our podcast, please feel free to tell your friends about us. Give us a like or a review on Amazon, on iTunes because that really helps a lot. And hey, we're always writing reviews. Tell your friends, share. Look for Cult Following on iTunes and SoundCloud and cultfollowing.co. Until next time, I'm Victor Moreno along with Joshua T. Ruth. Yeah. Kirby Nelson. Thanks for joining us for the After School Special. And Jasperino. Become Rage. <laughs> Until next time, remember, the more you know... <laughs>